By the way, what is Octonauts like? I have never, and so this is, you know, gonna. gonna Octonauts. I've never played Psychonauts. I've never even seen Psychonauts, but I've seen that you've been super excited about it, and I know that your excitement was so powerful it blew up your last computer. So I'm very yes. intrigued on what this is. Yeah. No. It. I mean, the, it. It. It did. It. It exploded. Like I. I. I went to start. I actually deleted the VOD because it, it hurt me so much. I had turned on. I had got my title ready to go, and I was about to click new game, and that is exactly when my old computer exploded. My hype was so real it couldn't be contained by one mere machine. It required two machines. Um, so Psychonauts, the original one, came about 16 years ago. It's a Tim Schafer joint, a, a double fine uh, game. So that's Tim Schafer, uh, you know, Full Throttle, uh, Day of the Tentacle, um, Brutal Legend more recently, uh, Kind of an iconic, quirky game designer. Um, really, Tim Schafer is like a Tim Burton who doesn't take himself too seriously. Like, Tim Burton takes himself too seriously. Tim Schafer, like, enjoys metal and being weird and wacky. With the sort of, like, sometimes off, like, off-kilter humor, uh, weird visual stylings, and so on and so forth. So Psychonauts is, is a... Uh, 3D platformer from kind of like the golden age of 3D platforming. Um, you know, that would be your, like, Jack and Daxter, uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank, like, that era of 3D platforming. So, 16, right. 16 years ago. Um, you play a Psychonaut, you know, like, instead of, like, going into, like, the Subnautica, you go into people's, like, subconscious, though, and, like, fix their, like, emotional baggage and... <laughs> All kinds of weird stuff, but it's like a platformer. Uh, really quirky, really kind of weird. And as a creative, going back to something that was, one, successful, and two, kind of already told a story that's kind of contained and complete, can be a really kind of insurmountable task. Sometimes sequels aren't bad because, like, all sequels are bad. I mean, look at Terminator 2 and Aliens excellent sequels, right? Like, there are good sequels out there. Silent Hill 2, like, the, is the best of the Silent Hills. Uh, like, there are really good sequels out there. But, like, usually it's because, like, with Silent Hill 2, you can keep telling versions of that story forever. Or you have stuff l left to say. Psychonauts felt like it, it was kind of complete. And going back to something that you really don't have much more to say about, you have to, write, like, regress characters... You, you need, because characters have to have growth and they have to have an arc. So, you know, bad sequels usually regress their character in some manner. Like, all the character progress. Look at the Serenity movie versus Firefly. Um, and and not, it's not a sequel, but because they were making a contained movie for people that maybe didn't watch the TV show, they had to regress all the characters. Like, Jane Cobb's character growth of sort of, like, going through accepting the Tams... Not, like, liking them, but accepting them as part of his crew had to be undone. Um, even, like, Mal Malcolm Reynolds' like anger and malaise with, uh, with the Tams is pretty much, like, dealt with in two distinct episodes. Where he's like, you're my crew. He's like, yeah, but you don't even like me. But you're my crew. Why are we still talking about this? Like, they had to unmake all of that so that they could tell character arcs again. And so the sequels handled that way always feel bad. Psychonauts doesn't have any of that baggage for a game about baggage. <laughs> it's actually pretty awesome. T to see Tim Schafer pick up a story that's already relatively told 16 years later with whatever 
thing he was going through at that time to make that story and be able to like go back into it, tell kind of a new story, not really skip a beat from the previous game, tie have like kind of great little tie-ins and nods to the original game, and really kind of importantly maintain this character, Raz, the main character Rasputin, main char- maintain Raz's like innocence because Raz was a, a kid. The game has like some little like fourth wall moments where they're like, uh, at the end of the game, like uh, Lily, the character like lo- pseudo love interest, uh, like kisses him, and there's like a part where they're where they're like, remember when we kissed like two days ago? <laughs> like so they have these like fourth wall moments where like the game continuity is supposed to pick up right after the events of Psychonauts, but it's been 16 years and they play with that a few times, and to have like Raz maintain his innocence. You know how Disney Pixar movies or like the the bad kids movies like Shrek have one half of the movie distinctly for adults and one half of it distinctly for kids? Um Psychonauts doesn't so much do that. They do have some like cheeky adult humor, but it's like because the adults would do that in the setting and the kids are kids. Like the kids don't have moments where like they punch above their weight class and do you know, weird stuff that seems out of place for, like, a, a child. So so that innocence is preserved for Raz. And you think about that, like, if you were 10 or 12 or 14 when you played the original Psychonauts, you're, like, 26, 30 now. You know, to, to be able to, like, the marvel of being able to go home again. You know, that old adage, you can never go home again? It's... It's realigned my perspective. It's given me hope that, like, you know, I'm an artist who... Artists create from various different places. I usually create from sort of a tongue-in-cheek expression of, like, pain and trauma. Like, making fun of the things that hurt me and that I still hurt from. And, like, that you can grow out of that stuff, but still, like not have to worry about losing your creativity. I mean, there's there's hope in that. Um, good job, by the way. So there's our cold open, everybody. An organic way of achieving one, because G-Dad, our guest tonight, is that good. Uh, but uh, I am, of course, the Magical Mr. Mephisto. This is Season 3 of AOS Rantcast, starting with uh, Episode 105. We've been doing this two years now. Uh... So, I can think of uh, no better desk than one of the OGs of chat gang, G-Dead, joining me off a Bruce City Brawl 3,000-point tournament victory, 5-0. and uh, So, we're going to be talking about Mega Gargants, the army he rode to victory, that experience with Bruce City Ball, Brawl tonight. But how's it going, man? How, how are you doing? Uh, I am super pumped, right? Uh, I want to let you guys know that uh, Meth was rooting for me the entire time. Like, I'm going into round five, right? I just narrowly beat out Halo, right? And um, I'm writing him. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm a little stressed. I've I've hardly ever been on top tables, let alone been undefeated playing for this. And and, and Mef just writes me, and he's like, you know what, man? He's like, when you win, let's schedule an interview. And I was like, I don't know I'm going to win. He's like, I said, when you win, we'll schedule an interview. It's true. It's true. I did, I did in fact, say that. See, I, I just want to... Uh, so, so what you're saying is this victory is partially mine. Absolutely. <laughs> I see. I, I wanted to start out tonight with like a hot take and be like, watching Rantcast can help you win tournaments. 
So, like, it's proven. Uh, this is fact. Like, I mean, we won't talk about causation, but but you've been on Rantcast. You've watched Rantcast a long time, and you won a tournament. I mean, there's an undeniable correlation there. Undeniable. <laughs> Uh, let's see Hades, Death God showing up, Snitbag, Caleb Kane, Hades, Clinton chat too. Everyone's showing up and showing out tonight. Chat gang, best gang, seeing those emotes show up. Uh, Hotspur subbing with a tier one for 17 years. Speaking of OGs, 17 years. Thank you so much for the, uh, the tier one, sub uh, tier one sub and all your support. Um, got... Fat Kid Sports. Oh my gosh, Ty's in here too. He was uh, helping helping run uh, uh, helping run that with with Brendan there. So I have entered chat during Firefly and Mal's anger malaise with the with the Tams. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect timing. Excellent. Uh, Sitbag, how's it going? Uh, Take over Mars. One uh, tier one sub popping off for sixteen years. Another OG of support. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love you, Dave. You sexy beast. He says. And uh, Heralds of War, Takeover Mars, Fat Kid Sports, and Hades all popping off for a thousand RDP to remind y'all that Chat Gang ain't nothing to fuck with. Giants for a giant premiere. That's right. Hyped him to victory. <laughs> I mean, see G Dead throwing in a thousand to remind y'all all again if you missed it. And Ezerath, I, now, I believe this is. Uh, I believe, Boy Wonder? yeah, this is Boy Wonder, but Boy Wonder used to go by a different name. So, like, I'm wondering why, why the name changed, why the rebrand. Uh, I guess <laughs> no longer Boy Wonder, Young Man Wonder. He's he's growing up on all of us. Funny story, right? So we're going in to round five, right? And we don't know who we're gonna play. And me and Boy Wonder are both are we're, we're in the length of who of undefeated, right? There was three of us that were undefeated this time. And we both and there was one undefeated other. drop, right? Like, um, yeah, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Steve. It was Steven, yeah, from Partners at War. Uh, he got uh, a little bit of a tummy upsetness, and he was like, "I can't, I can't do this today, guys." Um, but too much PBR. We've all been yeah. there. <laughs> so, so it's Alex G, it's Boy Wonder, and myself, and we're all undefeated. And Boy Wonder and I both look at each other, and we're like, "I don't want to play your list." <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, put the horse before the cart here, or give it away. But you played three, was it three Sons of Bahamut players, three, three mirror matches? Yeah, I was headhunting Gargans. <laughs> like, that's, that's all I was doing. Was yours the only list? I see. I there's there's a couple ways we could approach this, but I guess really quick, just off the top, what was your list? Just just so everyone knows. So anything we're going for, we're talking about, you can. You know, we know what the list was. And and I need to be clear for everyone tuning in. This was a 3,000-point tournament. Uh, what, about 50 players, just shy of, as I recall. Um, two dare, uh, three-hour, 15-minute rounds or something absurd like that. Like Three hours, 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to be, to be fair, so going into this, I, I really thought there was going to be the one guy that was like, how many clan rats can I put on this table, right? And I was like, oh, that's going to be bad. Um, but with the 3,000 point limit, almost everybody brought some big stompy thing. Because they were like, listen, I, I never get to play Nagash, Catacros, and... Um, Archon. Uh, Archon, right? I can't play Triple Hat normally, right? Right. And so, yeah. And so there was <laughs> Zero Skaven showed up. Zero LRL showed up. It was a monster mash meta. Um, so my list 
right? I was going for a specific prize known as the Monstars, which you needed five hero monsters, no more, no less, right? And the best score for that one. So I took uh, Taker Tribe, right? Which is actually played out very importantly uh, throughout the weekend, right? So Taker Tribe, which gives me my giant's count as 30 miles instead of 20, and my baby giant counts as 15 instead of 10. Um, so I took Taker Tribe, which means I have a Kraken Eater General, right? So... With my Kraken Eater General, he has uh, the trait of minus one to be hit, right? Which actually made a kind of big, big deal. It's minus one to be hit within three inches. So that means if you're shooting within three inches, like we're engaged and you're shooting, it also affects that because it's not just a melee thing. Um, so I took him with uh, Kraken Skin Sandals, which I really don't know if I could go back to playing without Kraken Skin Sandals again. What do they do for they... people who don't play Mega Guardians? So Kraken Skin Gettle. Ooh, actually, I have it right in front of me. Um, so they take the all the bear's almighty stump, uh, and the attack characteristics uh, goes to three instead of two, so you get an extra attack. Um, and your ren goes from two to minus three instead of minus two, and the damage goes to three instead of d three. Right. So you get an extra attack, you get more rend, and your damage goes to three. Per, huge and huge difference between three and d three. By the way, I know it feels like it's only like an average of one. But it's just, it's so not that consistency is king. Continue. Yeah, so he definitely was my all-star all weekend. He did more damage than both of my gatebreakers. Uh, he was just out there wrecking face, like, the whole weekend. Like, because people look at him, and, like, so, in case people don't know, and you've never played Giants before, they normally break into how much damage do they do, and Kraken Eaters, in general, do the least amount of damage of all three of the Guardians, right? It normally goes Gatebreaker, then War Stomper, then Kraken Eater, and my Kraken Eater, because of these sandals, was just beaten face the whole game. I was super impressed. Um, so I had my Kraken Eater General. I had my uh, Gatebreaker, which was covered in rats. Um, so that was my Rat Breaker. And he had the Amulet of Destiny because the rats took the hit for him. You know, that was his ward save. Right. Um, yeah. uh, if, you, if you've seen uh, uh, all of G-Dad's... Uh... Uh, giants have some sort of like conversion or or uh, visual point of interest to them. Uh, yeah, continue. To be fair, because of this man right here, right? Uh, when I started Giants, I was a little down on them, right? And only two people in the entire community were like, you should play this. It was Mephisto and it was Coach, right? And Mephisto was like, not only should you play this, you should stick to your death roots and you should make them undead. And I was like... <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> to be fair, the the telling people they should make convert things as like undead is just like a brand thing for me. <laughs> like I'd say it to virtually any, but yeah, like with your flesh eater courts and stuff like that, it's it's just a really good nod and a good thing to carry through that sort of like co cohesion as putting yourself on the table. You know, I think that's that's awesome. So, so uh, so for real quick, like I'm I'm no I'm, I'm all over the place, but let me talk. Real quick, what my head cannon for my army is. So I have oh, one. I have one mega gargant who is not undead, and he left his tribe. He came back and found his whole tribe was dead, and he's sitting there crying his eyes out because he has no family now. And this necromancer comes across him and takes pity on him and says, "Listen, if you keep killing shit, I will keep your tribe alive." So I have one guy, and in my army, it's the uh, gatebreaker with the arcane tome because there's a little necromancer on there so the necromancer can cast a yeah. spell for him yeah gorslav's up there with like a meat hook in its forehead like piloting the, the giant that's, 
that's the kraken eater one that was the one with the sandals gorislav is piloting that one that's funny um uh and then so i have gorislav with my general right we went through that one i have my rat my undead rat breaker right he had my amulet of destiny my five up board and then i have my necro breaker or my necromancer uh gate breaker and he had my arcane tome right um and then i had uh, a war stomper who was just naked just normal war stomper and then i had the man of the hour the man that i will probably only play in a 3k game was kragnos mm -hmm. the ender of empires let me tell you what i got to live the dream and we'll get to it but that was the most amazing time ever well it's to so i want I, I actually had a side conversation with Brendan, and uh, Kragnos reminds me of Shalaxi for Slanesh, where uh, Shalaxi on paper versus most other armies is kind of worse. But for the mirror match, nice. Nice. Left-hand uh, brewing company. Left-hand stout, yeah. Yeah, they make a hell of a good, a hell of a good beer. Um, the... Um, uh, so Shalaxi tended to be for like the mirror match in Slanesh, and you were going to see the mirror match a lot. At 3K, Kragnos felt like for, it was for the mirror. Was that intended, or was that just how it played out? Because Kragnos was like kind of slapping around a lot of other megas. So I didn't realize there was going to be that many megas, but I assumed there would be monsters, right? And so that was my slightly tech piece, slightly I needed a reason to buy this model and paint it. Right. And so I was like, well, I've got this tournament. I got to buy this model. Yeah, no, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's you. I mean, you have to. You, you're going to go to the tournament without Kragnos. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, real quick, you mentioned something about like uh, the Monstars, which uh, the best part of the Monstars, by the way, for me, was they got a uh, they got their own battle tactic called uh, Posterize. <laughs> They got to like uh, smash one, like someone or ask the opponent their favorite model, and then you get to, and then like if you kill that, you posterize them or whatever. Um, but one thing I want to say about Brew City Brawl, like not only is it like the three K, was it like wacky and maximum fun, like you know just kind of as advertised. But Brendan, uh, the Lord of Death, uh, had a sort of like a ton of incentives as far as like the the actual trophies you could win. Um, to like incentivize different ways of playing the game. So you had the Monstars list, which was you know run uh what was it specifically five monsters, um, uh five monster heroes, right? Like it they had they had to also have hero, I, I think. Yeah. So yeah. it's five monster heroes, no more, no less. Right. So five monster heroes specifically, no more, no less. There was uh uh the D and D party, which was actually like the hardest one I, I found out to play on. There was did he do D and D or did he do a, a AOS hard mode this year again? Uh, yeah. He did the special unique snowflake, which I think was AOS hard mode. This hard. Okay. So AOS hard. So the unique snowflake was basically like the weirdest list taken the furthest. Obviously, you had your standard like you know best in factions, best general, best painting, army favorite. You had kind of like the standard ones you see, including the soft score ones. Um. But really, like, for me, I think, I mean, Brenda runs, like, a great tournament. I've, I've, I mean, you can attest, I'd imagine. I'll, I'll, I won't speak for you. I'll let you kind of, like, give your own summary. But, but I think as far as, like, the AOS community goes, they can learn a lot from sort of, you, you, you incentivize your players how to play your tournament with the swag, quite frankly. 
Um, it's it's all in the pack. The pack is Tella is how you're communicating how you want people to play. And then sometimes uh, Rational Nihilist here uh, did try to bring the most Plague Monks possible and got a pre warning from Brendan about slow play. <laughs> like he's like, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring like 300 Plague Monks. And he's like, and he's like, he he's just like puts up a yellow card <laughs> like just <laughs> before the tournament's even going. So, but yeah, well, I mean the, the the pack is advertising how you want it to play. And Brendan's very vocal and very, like, very straightforward. He writes his snark into his pack, too, which is really funny. Last year, one of the FAQs, he had to write it into the pack because somebody asked the question, was, uh, no, you cannot bring a live turtle for your proxy for the, for, uh, uh, you know, for the, the IDK turtle. So, so that, that, be, go ahead. To be fair, that stayed in for the FAQ this year, and I had to ask, <laughs> like, when I got there, because apparently I, so... A little bit about me, guys. Uh, I am a Floridian, born and raised, and I just moved to the Midwest right before lockdown happened, which uh, is really fun to explore a state when you can't go anywhere. Um, so I'm not quite fully Midwest yet. So I read the pack. Apparently, Midwesterners don't read the packs. Um, I read the pack, and I came to the to actually Bruce City Ball with questions, right? And Brendan was like, oh, my God, you read it all. Because <laughs> I was like, what's with this with the live turtle? <laughs> it, it, that that's because Ty asked the question. That's his rule. <laughs> He's the reason for that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is that like you know the thing I, I often preach about the sort of like grassroots, like you know, uh, community building, direct action, like those things that I like to see in in the AOS community. Um, it's it, it, but again, this is just like you know, everyone's gonna like reject the at, the stats from this game, but like. You know what? Let them because this is it. There's something. It, it's almost like when you mess with the dials, you start to get the organic, closer to the the platonic Age of Sigmar experience or like the blue collar Age of Sigmar experience. You know, so I don't know. Um, our, so we had a couple questions real quick. Um, uh, Arctic Circle asked earlier, "What makes you worry as a Sons of Behemoth or Gar Mega Gargans player?" Oh, super easy. Any sort of debuffs or LRL in general. Um, LRL, not because of the way what people think, right? It's not the Sentinels that bother me as much, right? Don't get me wrong. Nobody really likes ranged mortal wounds that, you know, come from anywhere. Right. Um, but it's the simple fact that you don't have magic to really stop things. Now, granted, I brought one artifact that gave me, like, most of nine times out of ten, I casted, you know, Mystic Shield. Um but, like, it gave me an unbind, right? And I could try to get an un another unbind if I wanted to. But any sort of debuffs hurt that army. Like, cripple it to a, like, to a silly degree, right? Just a simple minus one to hit makes all of your math go, wow, right? And especially if you can get, like, on a Gatebreaker who's already a four to hit instead of a three to hit. Like, if you put him to a five to hit, like, you're like, cool, like, I'm, I'm not hitting with any of this. Like, I'm not doing any damage. All right. Um... Yeah, so we got Brendan's trophies. Uh, someone wanted to hear about the all-bear army. That was actually a Kyle's army, um, also known as Minimum Pants on Twitter. Um, and he won a, a favorite uh, fra favorite army, uh, his first major hobby award. Um, and it was as close as close could be. There was, I think it was like, uh, well, I not that I saw the votes being counted or anything like that, but I was watching, I was watching him, it was... It was close, and and Brendan transparency, like it, I mean, everything's up on the Bruce City Brawl Facebook group. You can see all the tiebreakers and, and, and like the whole spreadsheet that he was tracking everything with. You can see there. So I mean, t for someone in the Pants Mafia, 
to win anything. Uh, Rational Nihilus went for the kill point. The Bloodthirsty Trophy got it. Um, brought Oops All Boats. <laughs> and, like, the KO, like a KO army of just Oops All Boats. Um, so that was pretty cool. I mean, it's just watching people really uh, sort of like, uh, I don't know, just for one, it's the beginning of 3.0. The meta is the least set. This is why I really like this time period for like any any game new new GHBs and new and new additions when people are really trying to solve the puzzle, and then 3K is just like its whole other puzzle. So, so super awesome. Oh, I see the LRL crack. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> rude, but continue. <laughs> I mean, you guys asked from a giant perspective what I do not want to see, and I'm telling yeah. you, it's that. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, Hades. I'll play against your LRL one day, and destroy them. They'll pay the tithe. Um, it's it's just like what the OBR player doesn't want to see, and that's giant. Yeah, no, Osiric Bone Reapers do not want to see Mega Gargans. Um, tied on favorite points went to Paint Score Tiebreaker. Kyle and Robert did awesome jobs with five favorite votes each. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just stellar. Um, no one likes Sentinel, Sentinels. That's just facts. Fight me, three K. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll meet halfway. Uh, you fly from us uh, from Australia. I'll fly from America. We'll meet in the air and like battle. <laughs> like they'll, we'll do that thing with the uh, when they uh, refill the jets midair. They like they like dock them in the air and they do that. And we'll like have instead of like refueling station, it'll be like two tables in between the airplanes. You know, and the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive game of Age of Sigmar ever. <laughs> yeah, all for an internet grudge. Um, <laughs> yeah, three and two finish with, with a unique underpowered list. Yeah, I mean, and that's there is there's a lot of. Um, I mean, I get like the Snowflake Award. Just like take a wacky list and like take it as far as as possible. Speaking of the Boy Wonder, the Boy Wonder's list, we're all just kind of like looking at it and just wondering what the hell it does. <laughs> Because it was, he had all of uh, he had all the named. So he he played uh, 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 Legion of the First Prince, First Prince, um, and he had you know Bellacore, and then he had all of the named uh, greater demons. So Shalaxi, uh, uh, Scarbrand, uh, and I I forget the other two, um, Rodigus, Rodigus, and, yep, and who are we missing? Uh, Lord of Change, uh, Kairos. Kairos Fate Weaver, that's right. And apparently they were actually, like, it was just like, kind of going for a little bit like the Snowflake uh, Award, you know? Um, throw monsters at people, force them to choose which to kill, is what I was told is the list's best part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite part was, I'm walking around right after games and I'm asking people how, how they're doing. I think it was after game three or four. And uh, I looked at the boy wondering, I was like, how are you doing? He's like, well, uh, I've, it's been two games and I still have forgotten to use Bellacore's ability. Um, I don't know what half these things do, but I, they're just, it's just working out very well. <laughs> I was like, maybe write it on a card, man. Maybe write it on a card. Get yourself them Daz Davis Ford uh, AOS reminders. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I think it was really funny, like finding like, uh, it reminds me of EDH. When you're playing EDH, you'll, uh, which Elder Dragon Highlander, the commander format in Magic the Gathering, it's a 100-card singleton, right? So no duplicate cards, you just have 100 cards in there. And you inevitably, while playing this thing that you think is like just a cool deck, you inevitably find little weird two-card two -card combos that you didn't intend. I mean, that that's what... 
That's what uh, uh, Boy Wonders list reminded me of. But uh, speaking of of the power of Mephisto uh, helping people win, he was wearing the special Mephisto pants day one and went undefeated. Lost while not wearing them. Coincidence? I think not. So uh, confirmed, AOS Rantcast will make you a better Warhammer player and wearing my merch will make you a better Warhammer player. I mean, if this... he would have had your merch on day two, he probably would have gotten another favorite opponent a vote, yeah. and then he would have won overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did, how did that break down? Did did uh, did was there a best general and a best overall? Was it how did no it was... same, same thing same thing? Okay, so yeah, the the best gen, uh, the best overall, and then he would have went taken best chaos perhaps. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So good showing, and and uh, Brendan one upped himself with the with the uh, tournament prizes this year so i've got the growler which was the biggest prizes available last year this year he got mini kegs for like the the best overall and uh what the the big three he got the oh yeah go show get it. he'll go he'll go get it um he forgot to do two kairos like every game <laughs> bellicor at least three times it was still winning i mean we call him the boy wonder for a reason um Put, uh... By the way, I walked away real slow for, for Mars just so he could watch me walk. There you um, go. <laughs> there you this, go. This was your best overall. Like, this thing is massive, like, for a trophy. Um, and then this was Monstars. There you go. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> not, not to spoil anything, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, Plague Bears. See, I was wondering PG, and I'm like, Puscoils? 30? That's a lot at 30,000 points, or at 3,000 points. I don't think you can fit that many. Plague Bears, yeah. Put 30 Plague Bears on an objective, and it works. <laughs> uh, what a what a strategy. Mm. So, I, 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 thought, I almost felt like I was uh, slightly Kingmaker as well, because uh, the one Death player... I beat took best death. The uh, one of the destruction players I beat took best destruction. That would have been Haywo. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, for three K, I've got a buddy who wants to play Nagash and then zombies. Uh, respect it, but also uh, tell it, uh, tell your friend to grind, grind, grind games and get their time down. Would that be more or less fun than Plague Priest and Plague Monks? Uh, their pile-in tricks are going to feel... Their pile-in tricks and ability to get off a double activation is going to feel maybe bad for some people, but they have very simplified battle, uh, like profiles, and they fucking explode in droves when you attack them back. Um, like, they just die. Like, oops, they're dead. They, I mean, they're... It, it's going to come down to the to your, your, your buddy's uh, play. If your buddy plays well, um, people are going to have a blast because who doesn't like a zombie apocalypse movie, right? Um, and that's what it is. It's a, it's, it's a, it is a Karazan like raid boss. You're like, there's the raid boss and a million ads, and like you just have to like DPS the ads down and then focus the the raid boss in between the waves. Um, it, honestly, it sounds like it's blast. And I, if your friend needs help pitching an army that could be perceived as NPE. Uh, let me be the PR guy. I will. Uh, I will. I will write like the pressers about how much fun the opponents are going to have against it because I think it's a sweet idea. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would 100% agree. Like, I would much rather play Nagash and all the zombies because 
Uh, as much as I like Skaven, like Skaven have fight on death, right? And they have a lot of other things where Nagashan zombies, even though they do have their six inch pylon tricks, like it doesn't, it's not really feel bad because like anything kills a zombie, like peasants trip with a pitchfork and kill a zombie. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so like, yeah, you'll kill some stuff, but like when they'll turn around and hit you back, like you'll just be moving off swaths of them and, and they'll feel really good. Right. Like, cause that's what everybody likes. You like killing things. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Nihilist. Yeah, nothing really happens when they when the like when you when you're pulling off zombies, they don't get punished for the zombies getting pulled off on like with, with plague monks. Um you do have one double activation trick, but as I recall, plague monks have a couple multi activation tricks, so you're I mean the, the, and then it, it's all the the six inch pylons is gonna feel really is gonna be a feels bad, but with that many bodies you're not gonna be six inch piling in all your zombies all the time. It's gonna be a unit here, a unit there. Um you know, and as long as you're, I mean, it comes down to your your buddy being a good opponent. If they're a good opponent, people are going to have a blast because it's just a zombie apocalypse, and then like a boss, like a boss zombie, and that's, I mean, it's 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 a uh, left for dead, right? Like it's it's a uh, it it would I think it would be fun, but it is essential when you're playing a horde army. If you are the horde army player, the onus is on you the horde player to get good at rolling dice efficiently and moving efficiently. It is your job. Your turn should not take longer than the person playing playing, you know, you know, a couple packs of 30 and that's their whole army. You should not take longer than the person moving six boats. Like you shouldn't take you just because you need to that's what your your goal is. Get your times down. Um so um like I use group, I use a grouping technique for my dice uh, that helps me like roll them efficiently. Um, knowing you can move the like how you keep your formations tight, uh, you know, measure out the one model, then just keep the same uh, essentially formation moving forward. Um, there's there's a lot of efficiency tricks. Obviously, movement trays help. Movement trays don't help with your pile in because if you're going to pile in, you start to get radially, and you can actually like the time you save in deployment and moving the first turn or two, um, you you lose that time in the piling. So you need to practice piling in off of your display, uh, off of your movement trace too, which is something that you don't necessarily think of while you're practicing getting quick with your army. Um, but learning how to, how to pile in more efficiently off of your movement trays is, is another, is another uh, a tip I'd work on. Um, so yeah. Um, took 31 models in KO army three <laughs> K no game took longer than two hours. Yeah. See, and that's the and that is the challenge. I think I don't know what Brendan's plans are going forward. If it's three k again or coming down to twenty five hundred, he said. How did you feel about the three 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 hour fifteen minute rounds? Because I did see some games that went to time. It, it wasn't odd. It wasn't as many as I thought it would be. I thought a full on half the room would go to time. Quite frankly, when he said three thousand points in three hour tournaments rounds. So I feel like if. If people wouldn't have embraced the spirit of the event, right? We all kind of looked at this pack and said, all right, this is about bringing some stompy monsters, right? Um, and I feel like if, if more people had just taken like their 2K list and then just added more to it, that the games would have gone to more. But I feel like more people crafted their lists to be like, what giant thing can I bring in, right? And that's save time. Like none of my games went past two hours, right? Um, all of my games, I had plenty of extra time. And it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel bad. I really liked the time setup. Like it felt good. Um, mm. ulti- 
ultimately, like I, my probably one of my favorite things is, and I hope we keep this even after pandemic settings, was the amount of space between the tables. Oh yeah, you could walk uh, around each individual oh, table. That was glorious. It was amazing. Yeah, I, unlike Boy Wonder, read the pack and built <laughs> a list that was a bunch of models. See, everyone knows reading the pack makes you weak for the event. <laughs> you need to. You need that like being exposed to the fire. To like really galvanize you and 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 harness your will. <laughs> no. um, but if you don't feel like reading packs, uh, Brendan and I started a series called uh, "Man Reads Pack" <laughs> on YouTube. So literally, this is what I told Brendan too, because other people were like giving me crap because I read the pack, and I was like, "Listen, I've commented on every single one of your Man Read Packs videos, mm -hmm. and I felt like if I showed up without reading the pack, that I would not be doing your videos justice." And he's like, "We didn't do a video on this." I'm like, "Doesn't matter." I'm just saying in general. We should have, but we were both ex exceedingly busy uh, leading up to it. Um, what? But, you but were yeah. only working like 18-hour days. <laughs> yeah. If you guys uh, – but no, seriously, anyone in chat gang, if you want if you want to submit a pack to Man Reads Pack, I'm not promising we'll get to it, but it helps put these events on our radar to, and, you know, based on our schedules lining up, we we'll, we can prioritize reading some packs for folks. And um, So, yeah, just, just get at us. So, yeah uh, – so Bruce City Brawl, Sons of Behemoth, which 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 one should we tackle first? Or should we talk about Bruce City Brawl and weave in your takes on Sons of Behemoth as we go? What do you think? That's, so that, that's the most Mephisto way. I assumed we would do broad scope Bruce City Brawl, and then I could give you my winding path to the event. Okay. Okay. So, so I guess what's the zoomed out? We already talked about 3K event, five rounds, two days, three and a half. But what is the zoomed out Bruce City Brawl in your words? What was Bruce City Brawl? And and what was the sort of like vibe going into it? So Bruce City Brawl, first of all, this was very special for me. This is my first event, like my first two day event in the Midwest. It was my birthday weekend, right? Um, and I literally knew no one going into this. I had never met a single person there, right? So I was slightly terrified um, going into this, right? I knew that I would have fun. I knew that I'm in a group that I've talked to lots of people online. I know that the Midwest is known for being nice and uh, very welcoming. Uh, that is not a lie. Uh, cliches are based on truth in some sense here because this was the most welcoming group of people I have ever met in my entire life. I played games with my friends back in Florida for like three years, and these people that I met this weekend were nicer than those people. <laughs> Like, it blew me away about how nice it was. Although, I did feel like I needed to get a name tag that said GDead909, um, because nobody knows who Dave is. Like <laughs> They do now. <laughs> like, um, um, but, so, Brew City Brawl, I thought, was going to be a chance to get some real games in, play, uh, play you know, a large a large game. Um, and honestly, I was just hoping to go middle of the pack, right? I just wanted to go three and two. I just wanted to break the 500, right? Uh, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to drink beer. I wanted to offer my opponents beers. I don't understand how that bar didn't open till four every day. That was, was such a waste. Yeah, I know it was a staffing issue, but you, you call in somebody on their day off for those two days because it just, it prints money. I mean, not having a, the bar open when the tournament is going, or the, the sort of day before for a, a Warhammer event in the Midwest is, I mean, yeah, it's a travesty. Like, it's, it's you go get one of the, uh, go get one of the, the, like, room cleaners, like someone in housekeeping, to just pour drinks and hand out beers, and, like... 
It could have been just beer. Hell, right? hell, Ty would have jumped behind the counter if they'd have let him. It could have <laughs> honestly just been spotted cow, and it would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's yeah. There, there's just um, as as a as a place that's w- trying to make money in in trying times. For the in this one instance, it, like like I wish I could have showed them like numbers, like okay, so here's the average bar weekend, here's the Warhammer bar weekend. <laughs> Look at the profit margins. <laughs> um, <laughs> give us they, just yeah, give us a keg, exactly like a keg. Like <laughs> they were very silly. Like I should have wrote them beforehand and be like, listen, guys, uh, dear bar staff, uh, Crown Hotel. When Dave G Dead 909 drinks, he becomes the most generous man in the room. Uh, he would literally put everything on his hotel room, uh, charge it back there. You should just open this bar sooner. <laughs> <laughs> to to be fair, I think a lot of people probably played their first couple rounds a little bit better because I like the first round had more people go to time than the rest of the event. People also weren't drinking as much. Might have been a small factor. So eh, you know. You got to build your army around that. I know I did. I was like, listen, I know I can get these rules even if I'm tanked. Like, there's no way. There you go. There you go. No, it's it's true. There's the other stuff going on into an event that I don't think people actively think about. Um, The mental bandwidth is the shorthand I use. Knowing that you're going to play this list for for five days. If you do drink during your tournament, know that you're going to play it while you're drinking. Like, just other things to get transported. Like, there's just other things that you have to think about uh, when it comes to, you know, an army you're building to go to a tournament versus, you know, just like net listing or something you'd play at, at the LGS necessarily. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Mental bandwidth is a huge thing. Um, especially like I, like for instance, I would love to play Zeech. I think it'd be really neat. I think it'd be cool. And then I look at it and I'm like, there's no way on earth I'm going to remember all these rules. Like I could play that as like a one-off game at my friend's house. that will take five hours. Right. Uh, but I couldn't run that in a tournament. Right. Cause my brain would just die. Um, come to learn a little bit about myself that apparently I have an inner destruction child in me and I can't read very well. So I just look at pictures. Um, so I got to go with six model armies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so that's the kind of zoomed out. And then, uh, so your, your first three rounds, what were the, uh, you know, what were the, what was the mission uh, for like sort of day one? What, if you remember them or do you recall? Yeah. So did Brendan give was... you the missions ahead of time? Did he say there was a, uh, uh, no, we got, we got the missions when you got your packet, when you picked your packet up that, that day, right? Um, so I immediately like went through and flipped, all, flipped through all of them. Um, so the first mission was Savage Gains, which I thought was hilarious because my first opponent was uh, another Mega Guardian player. Um, and I love the fact that this guy had the, the cojones to take the bridge with Mega Guardians. And not only did he do that, he bridged a freaking gatebreaker 36 inches across the board in one of his games. He was just like, bloop. Amazing. <laughs> um, unfortunately for my opponent, like we had very, like he had, it was a very similar lists. Like he had Kragnos. Uh, he had multiple, uh, he had three megas, but then he had a lot of babies, right? Which I try to stay away from the man crushers just because I really don't like that model. Um, you also but, had Life Swarm. Yeah, and I had the life swarm, right? Um, which was, which is, I felt was. I think it's better for the mirror. Big, yeah. Well, honestly, it was there more for Kragnos because if you can keep Kragnos alive, he's a giant distraction carnifex, right? So I assumed a lot of people would be gunning for him. So I was like, so if I can just keep him alive, like he'll just 
go over there and make draw people over and i'll just stand on objectives and be like doo, 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 doo. Mm-hmm. um but what really what really wore him down is that he was stomper tribe and i was taker tribe so he automatically was on the back foot because even if we both get there i'm i'm taking these from him i'm like cool story bro <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah if you listen to cubic shenanigans uh that is brendan and and uh dan bears uh podcast uh brendan said Savage Gains is the best round one scenario to all UTOs out there. <laughs> so so he it's telegraphed true. it. Yeah. He also told us what what the final round should be. What round five should be. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Alright, so round one you played you played Mega Gargan's close game, uh like nail biter. Was it pretty in you had it firmly in hand? How was it? So so it came out and I started out uh we came out overall well. Like I, I started to eke ahead. Uh, but then he killed my Kragnos and his Kragnos was still alive and I was sweating for a little bit there. Like, I was like, eh. the pro- his only problem was, is that I just kept pushing stuff into Kragnos so he couldn't charge. And then I just willed him down. And then after that, like after Kragnos was gone, like I still had like three mega guardians it ended up, but it like the end of the game, I just had my one rat breaker. Right. But that's all that matters. Right. Like it ended up round. I tabled him by round four and then I'm just like. <laughs> walking around doing doing rat breaker stuff like i was like cool neato cool, um, cool. He, he was a great opponent and apparently i've talked to him several times on discords um uh and uh it went well uh but like overall like if he'd have been taker it would have been a much closer game like i just started to eke out ahead of it um because like i was like these are mine now thanks <laughs> all right so uh so Round one, uh, pretty solid, and then round two. This is actually when I showed up, like par- partially through or near the end of round two. Is is I was down in town doing some errands, and so I stopped by and left stickers for everyone. Um, you were playing Osiric Bone Reapers round two, right? I was, and that's when I found out the audacity of trying to kill five murder ponies with not one but two megas, and for some reason they were like, "Nah, boss, we ain't doing this. Get out of here." <laughs> Okay, so so your opponent's list had, I don't remember if he had Archon as well, but I know he had Catacross and and Nagash. No, yeah, he just had he had double hat, not triple hat. Okay, so the two kings, right? Uh, so so two kings is putting back two murder ponies a turn just out the gate, like without any other sh- stuff going on. So just like, whip, whip, like just you can't, you can't. It, they just they just keep coming back. Um, left the damn pony on one wound. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. <laughs> um, yeah, murder ponies are uh, are good, yo. Um, I, I keep saying I, I had Alice on last week from Goonhammer, and Osiric Bone Reapers still have a strong quality of unit. They they're missing some of the tricks, and they're not playing like all of 3.0 right now, which feels bad. Uh, the way 3.0 is playing right now is taking out one of their best pieces, which is their catapult. So like that's just kind of irrelevant right now. Which is, with an army with that many, should say that few unit selections, realistically speaking, uh, I mean, it's just taking out a big chunk of your army that you can play. So it's got its struggles, it's not without its struggles, but at the end of the day, the on the war scroll and cost of a unit, they're good. Like, out the package. So just five murder ponies in your grill do their job, you know? So... And, and apparently and we, their job was tying up not one but two mega guardians. And it made me drop a secondary because I was like broken. Because there, to be fair, there was four when I went into them, 
right? So we killed one by like throwing rocks or something out of the turn before. So we had four, right? I'm like, cool, broken ranks. I'm going to kill four of them. There's two Mega Gargans here. I'll get it. So I dropped one of my secondaries because I left uh, one of the murder ponies on one wound. I was so grumpy. That's a great, great question. Yeah, so that was, so your opponent was B Timmy. What was the mission? Uh, B Timmy from Chat Gang, by the way. Uh, also uh, watches Halo stream too. See, see the name in there. So did not realize B Timmy was a Midwesterner. Um, didn't know the whole time I was talking to him. I knew him. Um, <laughs> so I, I didn't know that it was B Timmy until after the fact, uh, when Halo did his stream after Brew City uh-huh. and That's I'm driving back through the UP and I'm like, do, 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 just like listening to this. And he was like, oh yeah. And, and B Timmy got best death. And I was like, wait, I played that guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I had I had no idea either. Um, I had no idea that's who I was interacting with. I feel kind of I feel kind of bad because like it, it's it's so much harder to I don't know who knows me and who's just being nice to me, you know? Because Midwest and even the first time I I uh, met Christian Ware at uh, Dragonfall, like he was talking to me familiarly, and I thought he knew me because of Haywo, and I didn't realize he knew me because I played Kyle at Gen Con. Like, no idea. It's just, like, I'm bad at people sometimes, I guess. So, yeah, uh, well, well, I'm sorry. I missed the battle plan. What was the battle plan? want to say it was Power Struggle. Okay. I don't know. I'd have to flip through this thing again. Well, um, I'm sure you remember the broad strokes of the game, but before we move on to that, I had a question here from, I think it was Hades, uh, said, how do you think the games would have, like, went or the tournament would have went if the two battle tomes had been out on time, or the new battle tomes had been out on time? Do you think you'd seen a lot more Stormcast? You'd have seen... I think he, I think what he means is do you think you'd have seen a lot more Orcs Stormcast? Do you think the Orc gatekeeping uh, would have been something you'd have had to deal with from uh, for as a Gargans player? Like, what's your what's your general read had, had there been 3,000 points of, like, Cruel Boys and uh, Orcs and or Stormcast running around instead? So... I haven't I haven't seen the new Dragon War Scroll for the Stormcast, but I saw enough people freaking out on the internets to to know that that would probably be hurtful. Um, but I am I am actually scared of shooty orcs for megas. Like yeah. just two of those B skewer bolt things are are just gonna be or the man skewer whatever the the giant ones are gonna be real bad, real bad. And at three K, like you can have all of your guns. You could run three units of six bolt boys. You could run the two artillery plus a good screen plus like gobsprack and the yeah. flood draker, which is basically a terror guys without wings. Like it would hurt yeah. a lot. Right. And then that just comes down to, I guess I try to sit on objectives and hope you don't DP, DPS me off fast enough. Or I try to get in your face. Right. So it depends on how good your screen is. Yeah. Um, all, all in all, like I, I think, there that the oryx are the cruel boys are definitely going to take down some of the sons of behemoth i think that's why that's why like gw i i in my sense i always am trying to be optimistic with gw is playing that i think that was gw's idea to help balance against giants in general it's like hey guys don't worry here's some crazy mortal wound shooting that is especially good against giant models i see i i look at i look at sons of behemoth and i've had some philosophical questions about the army going into 3.0 as you pointed out early on like it was like i was one of one of very few sort of public people to come out and be like no sons of behemoth are good and i even went as far as to say like i guarantee they're gonna be good in 3.0 
Like, yep. I'm like, I'm like, I know, like, I'm like, I think they're good now, and I guarantee in the future they're, they're, who knows what 3.0 is going to, going to do, and I believe my exact line it was, but 100% brand new armies aren't bad, so I'm betting they're going to be good in 3.0, was like, kind of like my whole line of thought. Um, and lo and behold, boom, I think Sons of Behemoth right now, without, without new tomes, you know, I haven't fully internalized them yet. As they stand right now, they feel an awful lot like IDK. This is not a thing good, thing bad. They feel like that gatekeeper consistent 4-in-1 army that you have to look at your list, go, can I deal with Sons of Behemoth? Yes, no. Like going into a tournament setting. Can I deal with them? Yes, no. If it's the answer's no, you put the list down, write a new list, right? Like it's just a reality of the meta right now. Again, this is a thing good, thing bad. Like, is a competitive player, like, if... If something, if just when Stormcast Eternals sucked, but still had something like fifteen percent representation in the meta, you had to look at your list and go, "Can I fight Stormcast Eternals?" Just, uh, just sheer saturation. Okay. Now I do think that they're not bad by any means as an army. I think they're a good army, but the just you're going to see them is 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 kind of the main takeaway. Sons of Mahomet, because they are limited, they have two kits. Right, and what, five War Scrolls? The whole thing? Uh, Three different Giants and and the the uh, the uh, Man Crushers, right? So crushers. And, yes. Unless you count the weird uh, Mercenary ones you can take. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then cr- and then Craggy. So you got five War Scrolls, and you're probably not going to see Kragnos necessarily at 2,000, right? Unless somebody's being cheeky, you're going for maximum fun. Um, so there's a challenge with this army. And I pointed it out when when the uh, when the new core battalions came out for for them. It's a, they don't have the traditional levers to bring them in line if they go out of bounds or buff them if the whole meta shifts. What if everyone does get anti anti monster tech? Everybody just really gets a new battle tome and they all have anti all all of them have anti monster tech. What do you do to buff them? Now you can bring points down, but it's it just it's not the best way of doing it. So they have to have other levers. Core, some new core battalions feels like a solid lever for them. And then we get to this... Right now where they sit. This gatekeeper, you're going to see them. And it's kind of... It looks like Games Workshop's answer is gatekeep the gatekeepers. So if they have some natural natural predators... Just in, infused into the game... People are going to have to like... It's going to keep people honest. You might not see tournaments where you're having to run through three Sons of Behemoth players because that's how many people are bringing Sons of Behemoth, right? You you might not you might get into the point where you might not see them at the top table because in round one, two, or three they played one of their natural predators now, so they're not going to be on top tables day two. That feels like a good throttling mechanism or a good lever to to, to play with when it comes to the health of the overall meta. So right, and and that's what and that's what I was hoping for, right? And I feel like that's kind of what it looked like they were going for. Like I said, I try to be positive on this, and I, I I try to hope that they're going. All right, let's let's make sure that you know this army has a natural predator, and then if that one gets too prominent, then we'll make sure the next book has a natural predator against that one, right? I mean, you can try to just just try to you know shuffle them all around, and then you know when you get when you get to a tournament, you might face them, you might not, right? But like overall, like if they're in the meta, like it's less feel bads, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, Ossiark Bone Reapers, it feels like they're two sides of a, of a similar coin or the same coin. Like, a lot of the reaction we saw with Ossiark Bone Reapers. The difference being, existing armies had tools for dealing with Ossiark Bone Reapers. People, come on. But then the next four battle tomes are just all Ossiark Bone Reaper poachers. You know, like Zinch, KO, uh, Sons of Behemoth, uh, Hellman, Maw Tribes is a decent matchup uh, if you run enough Stonehorns uh, against Ossiark Bone Reapers. Like... Um, yo, so this is the first time I got to actually play against an Osiric Boner for a player as a Megargon player. Oh man, this it was it was beautiful. I got to destroy that stupid bone type Nexus. It was it was probably my second favorite most part of the game or yeah. part of the weekend. Oh. Stupid, you mean awesome, <laughs> stupidly awesome. <laughs> Osiric Boner Reaper has to be in the next five books, maybe. I mean, they're in a weird place right now. Um, but yeah, so natu in injecting natural predators into the meta. The counterpoint I received from Vince specifically when I argued this during the Ossiarch Bone Reapers episode, that I was 100% correct on everything I said. Uh, I don't know, maybe. A lot of what I said, I'm sure. Um, was that, like, it doesn't help you if you're in a local meta and, like, you play Ossiarch Bone Reapers, for instance, and three of your friends play Sons of Behemoth. Like... It, you're not going to feel great that, like, don't worry, if you go to a tournament, there might be beast skewers in the meta to stop them. You're not going to feel necessarily healthy. So, I mean, is it the best way to throttle them? Maybe not. I, I do believe in the sort of middle-out grassroots that that uh, the, the sort of, like, I want the game to be competitively well-tuned, and I want casuals to have a great time. Like, these, these two things do not feel opposed to me. Uh, some people think they are. Uh, those people are wrong. Uh, you can have a competitively well-tuned, well-written game and appeal to casual players. Um, look at Magic the Gathering. Like, uh, look at Dungeons and Dragons. Like, there's... It's a cooperative game, but the rules, you know, whatever. Um, so, Street Fighter. You know, it go, the list goes on and on. Things that are tuned for competitive, but casual players can have tons of fun with them. Um, so, like, I don't know. There, There's... <sighs> There's never going to be a perfect answer to everything, but when you're dealing with what are essentially uh, games that will never have perfect parity, League of Legends, any any of these games that have like sort of asymmetrical balance, because it keeps the wheel moving, it keeps people innovating, it it, it keeps you wanting to buy stuff and and retool your list. Even if you're like just an Ossiac Bone Reaper player and you bought like your two catapults and you you had Catacross and you you bought this list in second edition and you're like, man, this list is awesome. And then, like, Sons of Behemoth and Zinch and all this stuff comes out, you're like, whoo, okay, well, I'm going to retire this. It's in 3.0. Well, now I'm going to buy some Stalkers and some more Murder Ponies. And, oh, or, or like, you're going to, like, okay, maybe I won't play Nagash. I'm going to, or maybe I won't play Catacross. I'm going to play Nagash. Like, you're always, you tool. You keep playing with the army. Like, Age of Sigmar players are always buying stuff for Age of Sigmar. It's what they're buying is what changes. Once they got you, they got you. So, having an asymmetrical balance oftentimes leads to people retooling their lists and, and keeping that wheel of innovation turning and stuff like that. Uh, it, the gap between is really the, where the health lies to me, though, in that asymmetry. How wide is the margin in the asymmetry? This is not the same thing as, as creep, by the way. It doesn't necessarily mean that the new thing is more powerful than the old thing. It's just that where the tools lie. If, if old armies can counter the new thing, by just changing their list, it's not power creep. You know, like, it 
Yeah. But they, Vin, Vince and I already – we already solved that. We already – no one needs to argue with us on that one. Um, the, the only thing I have to say against that is stop saying that stalker word. I don't want people to start teching that thing. Those things look really gross. What? Uh, uh, stalkers? Yeah. Uh, don't listen to them, guys. Don't yeah, listen. don't don't listen don't to me about things. stalkers. Yeah, I think – I understand uh, everything Alice said was true. Um, that they're in the weird place with their wound total. Um, like – they don't quite have like true flying and they're a high priority target. Like, but they're high priority and they're difficult to fit into a list. So everything Alice said last week is true of Os- of Osiric Bone Reaper stalkers. The thing is, is like everything people said was true of black knights, but when you fill a role and you do the role well, you kind of play the hand you're dealt, right? Yeah, I want yeah, I want four aces. But if I got two aces, I can maybe bluff. You know, like, I can play this hand, right? Like, sure. So. I mean, as, as someone who has models who who have that uh, that uh, partial flight thing, it's it's better than it looks, right? Like, we'll get to it, but that might have won me a game. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The partial flight thing is better than it looks, which is, a, I mean, the hot take, honestly. Like, it, it's. One of the big things is, like, it's not actual fly, so it sucks. It's, like, literally better than not fly. Like, it's yep. literally better than not flying at all. So, come on. When, when, you, <laughs> when you can sit behind a giant uh, pyramid on the table and then just bloop over yeah. it, it's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. And and I don't care about uh, that I can't fly over your models because I'm not cheating your chaff lines. Which feels kind of like, honestly, like feels like it feels bad. Charging over terrain to me feels like kind of the, the, the better of the two when you when you consider both player perspectives, right? Charging over terrain as though I have fly, is in a weird place right now because they changed fly rules. But like, I have to read the wording. Does it actually just say ignore terrain when you charge? Because that might be, like it might be better than fly in that instance. I don't I, know. I think it does. Um, but I would have to go back. And yeah, I'd, I'd have to check the tapes. Um, so. Yeah, whatever. Like it's it's decent. Um. Anyway, uh, real quick, Fat Kid Sports saying, uh, "G Dead, I'll catch the rest when the video hits." Sorry, I can't stick around the whole rant cast. Never apologize for not being able to watch a full three hour show. Uh, Mr. Mephisto, good hearing, seeing you. Get you on Plane and Slain in October, hopefully. Absolutely, I can't wait. Uh, go on there and talk a bunch of RPGs, and then a parting gift: dropping five tier one subs to the community. Rational Nihilist, Tomb King Tristan, Heralds of War, Glitch, O uh, Seven, and Didma all receiving a tier one sub. Enjoy the emotes, and be sure to spam Haywo with them. Uh, he especially loves. Uh, he especially loves seeing Nagash and Catacross in his chat, or the big chat gang emotes. Uh, combine them. So, uh, what, what, I just want to catch up with with uh, chat here real quick, uh, and if anything that you p- pass your mind, I might be looking up the Necropolis Stalkers. <laughs> uh, how different do you think games have been? We handled that. Yeah, uh, dragons. I, I think for certain there would have been a ton of dragons there. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> how does but. Cr- do- yeah. But I, to be fair, like it, the big dragons, I would love like so a little bit about me. Like I'm not into those dragons cuz like I don't know, they're they're too normal for dragons. But I would have loved to have seen them on the table, right? Like yeah. and the, I 
if you guys didn't know, like I'm very much a Timmy in the psychograph profile. I love to see giant stompy shit on the table or giant swarms of little dudes. Like that just kind of makes the game. I, I like I like that you I like that you recognize that Tim you you recognized a little bit of the nuance of Timmy there, by the way. Like you also like to see like huge like huge huge uh like units of dudes too, like a ton of like a, a ton of like Clan rats is kind of fun. or zombies like a ton of zombies. zombies. I think is probably the most the most Timmy it gets because or, or zombies. Ghouls. Yeah, yeah, ghouls. Yeah. Um. I I when I make the case that Nagash <laughs> is is kind of a Timmy piece, like because casting eight spells is a big number of spells. Like, Ooh. come on, right? Like that. There's that's a that's a very that's a Timmy thing. That can be a Timmy thing. It can be Johnny, and when it's Ooh. when he's undercosted, it's Spike, right? Like, uh. But but checking, we do need to talk about one thing. And that I feel like, as a group, as a whole, everyone should rebel against this stupid fucking miscast rule. I don't even cast spells, and I think it's fucking dumb. It's terrible. Okay? Like, when I watched B. Timmy, and we played our game, and the gash miscast on his second spell, the god of undeath, it was so shitty. Like... If you want him to do damage to himself, fuck it. Let him do damage to himself. I don't care about that. But he should still be able to cast. Like, that's dumb. And I feel like every TO should just write that into the packet because that is stupid. Well, and, and here's the thing about that specifically since, you know, this is Rantcast and we can go on, on the tangents we want. Like, the you know that that rule's in there to be ignored by a specific rule down the line with stuff they release. You know? Right. And, like, there's going to be some spellcaster, some derpy idiot who, like, casts two or three spells a turn. And they get to ignore the bad rule that says no fun allowed. And then, like, meanwhile, you have the God of Death, the fucking, the Chaos United God. Like, you have, like, all these other gods with the exception of specifically Teclas, who gets to ignore it because Teclas doesn't roll dice. Like, like all these other gods that, like, you feel like kind of should be able to ignore that, don't. But there's going to be some derp mage down the line who does. There should there should honestly just be a keyword that's attached to them that says like God or deity or something. Maybe. Yeah. Right. And they're like, if you have this, ignore the do not cast anymore for Sure. Yeah. Minutes. Ignore yeah, like there there's some keyword that says like God model, and God models can't be slain outright and can't fall subject to that that ability. Right. But they have some prohibitive thing when they go into armies, like because they're god models and um but also by having a keyword like God model, you know. You could also make it easier for for TOs to curtail their packs and be like, yeah, we're not, we won't be allowing God models this game or this tournament or whatever. Like, not that I like, I condone like comp per se, but but um, you know, seasoning to taste with with certain stuff and this sort of grassroots build your own community type sense. Like, have at it. Like, if I don't like how you write your pack, I just won't go to that tournament that time, right? Or I'll experiment exactly. with one of my weird lists that I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, fine, like. I've been wanting an excuse to bust out 120 best of gores anyway, so I'll play my Beast of Chaos army, though. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, or why is they are the three best casters, right? Yeah, they are. And Nagash himself is like, I could, I could bullshit a reason why Nagash fails to cast spells, because he's got, like, he's schismed his personality into, like, into a million avatars of Nagash, which is why it's okay to see Nagash mirror matches, right? Um, <laughs> it's the only one that makes sense. Uh, but but it also, like, maybe in that moment, like, he, you know, his magic attention is diverted elsewhere or some shit like that. I don't know. But it's, I don't mind if you take damage. It's the stopping me from having fun and casting my spells shit. That's the part that bothers me. It's, you're saying I don't get to 
do the thing right now. Rules that suck are rules that say don't do the thing. So, I want to do the thing. Like they say, they're in this essence saying don't play the game. Rules that tell me not to play the game are the rules. It's the closest thing I can get to actually hammering down what NPE really means. Because most of the time it just means people saying something they don't like. So, so to tie onto that, that's that's one of the reasons I feel like uh, a lot of people get very grumpy at LRL, um, because LRL is like the closest thing we have to like a blue counter spell deck. Yeah, right. Uh, just because so much of their stuff is like, hey, you can't do that. Hey, you can't do this, and I'm gonna do what I want. I feel like that's why the NPE. Um, on back to Bruce City Brawl real quick. On though, when I played B Timmy, hilariously he miscast. Right, took the mortal wound teleported with that Nagash spell to my back objective and stole it from me. That's funny. Which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Um, w Soren dropping five, uh, not to be outdone uh, by Ty, dropping five gift subs on the uh, on the chat. Everyone enjoy those emotes. Uh, and remember to uh, spam the shit out of Haywo. Um, also, Soren said something earlier on. Uh Good evening from Texas. I saw it, but we were mid like conversation. It's hard to hard to interrupt there. Uh, good evening to Texas, um, and also uh, good that you got some uh, okay from your from your darling to uh, to go ahead and buy a million dragons. So uh, do it, do it. I would do switch it. to rant cam so it's like it zooms in on my face, and and then I would like say do it. But uh, rant cam's busted right now. Um. Give the OP pieces the godlike keyword. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. I I, I don't know. It, it's it's not necessary. Isn't Gotrick the avatar of Grungni? Something like maybe. I don't know. Gotrick. Gotrick is super metal though. Like I actually like I'm on board with Gotrick's like fluff and flavor in a similar sense to other other models or you know other like god stuff that I think is pretty dope. Gotrick's up there. He like how did Gotrick survive the apocalypse? He was in hell killing everything. <laughs> Oh, like, I just, like, let me uh, go ahead and check uh, the notes here. Uh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and Gotrick on the table is fucking amazing. Like, he does what he's supposed to do. He does what he says yeah. on the tin. It's amazing. They should just limit the amount that he heals, right? So then people don't feel so shitty because they're just like, well, just heal that guy back up. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't heal him. Like, maybe the... Uh, Maybe Rally just needs to change. I don't know. Maybe Rally is the problem. I heard some like ideas for fixing Rally because it, it's just one of those rules that ends up elsewhere that just, you know, maybe this should be for not named heroes or something, you know? Uh, the heroic healing thing? Yeah, heroic healing. Maybe it just shouldn't be, maybe named heroes shouldn't be able to do it. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think Gotrick's points go up and I think it solves a lot. It just moves him out of being able to splash into every single order army, and I think that's more the problem than that. Got Gotrick should be able to kill basically everything he gets into into base to base with. I, I have no problem with with models doing infinite damage. I've said that forever. I don't care if your your model or unit or one unit does in infinity damage because we have a game with chaff and you know terrain, and we have a, a, objectives are various places it just needs to cost an amount that keeps the rest of your list honest you can't do infinity damage and also choke up the whole board you can't do infinity damage and be able to teleport the shit around you can't do infinity damage from a range right, right. infinity damage from a range is bad but you know as a combat game things should should slap shit and kill stuff 
Um, I don't even necessarily mind that the that that we're in sort of a pseudo hero hammer meta right now, where heroes just kind of live. I, I like that. I actually like that my heroes are kind of living, and and maybe we might finally get to the place where like these like melee foot assassins start having a revitalized role. You nice. know, like there's there's a lot of positive there. This this like negativity bias. Uh, can get in the way sometimes, as much as like any other bias, right? Like, but we need to account for that too. Like, when, when are we just being kind of negative for the sake of negativity? Um, Hero Hammer has a bad connotation specifically because Warhammer Fantasy Battles. But so much is different from Warhammer Fantasy Battles honing just on the fact that like we're using old nomenclature for something that's really not exactly the same as it used to be. Also, uh, glimpse Grim heroic Slacker. healing only for the general. That's a that's a great suggestion, Caleb. Grim Slacker, everyone should get a Gotrick. I would love it if it wasn't everybody gets like a model that just murders shit. Yeah. Like if Death got their own little version of a Gotrick, but he I mean, like murder kind stuff, of or dry. Could... <laughs> kind of right, but like I'm I'm not saying I want like a murder machine for each thing, but if you got me a model that really like. Uh, like brought out what was good in death or something like that. I don't know. Like maybe it's a model that gives all death models uh, plus one to their ward save, right? So, like, so then death stuff becomes harder to kill, and then like a destruction gets. See, destruction it, should have a gotrick, and order should have like a Cassie spell thing or something like that. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like everyone should have their like the paragonal, like yes. the thing that they their faction sort of is supposed to do. Um, with like Magic the Gathering, you know that like. That black is death at, or is power at any cost, right? Like give up life to to draw cards, give up life to deal damage. Like it's you know what what black spells generally are about. You know what red spells are generally about. You know live fast, die young, right? Like they they like they, they do they do three damage to the face, and their creatures are stompy and smash. Like you know white's got the the healing and the weenies and. And uh, you know, blues control like every like all the colors have their thing. Uh, green is rampant and and fatties, yeah, and fatties. Like you know what each one of these things do, and we have an understanding of of with the exception of like fucking order, because order uh, does everything and chaos gets all the toys. So those two are kind of like, but even then, you know what chaos is roughly about. Even though chaos gets all the toys, you still kind of like you kind of get it. Usually, to get all of to get chaos to work, you usually have to like cross-pollinate to 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 get chaos to like really turn on it's it's usually a, like a pretty timmy timmy spike um but order is just like you look at order and you're like they they're the grab bag any given sunday like they've got something going on like so or, or order's but, thing is they're a toolbox right they're like wow yeah i mean that makes sense though because like mortals face you know how do like mortals and and humans and and the like the sort of like goodly races i know order doesn't mean good but the goodly races, as in the ones with free will and purpose and destinies and all the shit we write about narratives. Like, how do they triumph over, quite frankly, way more powerful shit and more plentiful shit uh, by, like, having a good plan, right? Like, it makes sense that they're they, their toolbox. Uh, they outsmart you. That, that makes sense. That's the, Okay, that's the order thing. So, so then you make the thing that makes them more toolbox. Uh, to me, that says, right. like, a summoning toolbox or a buff, buff toolbox, like some sort of utility toolbox, where they yeah. can, like... Uh, ha hand out prescriptive buffs, or not prescriptive, like a you know, like a rotating buffs. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, chaos not... is probably more a little bit power at any cost, right? Like, yeah, right. I mean, you could do it. Yeah. So they they should be like sacrificing their models to bring in something else, but Gotrick should be destruction, right? Like destruction is here yeah. to just 
kill shit. Yeah. Right? So magic should be destruction, not order. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I, uh, I support it, Stan. There's a really long way to get to. Uh, Gotrick should be in destruction, everybody. And then it solves the problem. Oh, no. Yeah, it solves the problem. If if got also there's only like there's only like what four sort of six armies in destruction because you've got like the War Clans book has three armies in it, so like there's less armies to put Godric in naturally curtails him. It's not like fifteen armies. <laughs> yeah, Nurgle thing that just tanks the world. Yeah, I mean there's there's ways to do stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting design space. I'd love to see stuff like that. Honestly, I, like, I, I, legit. Um, Avatar of Death does this. <laughs> with godlike keyword, make it so they can't receive buffs. Yeah, something, like, if you, it, it, there's a, like, I don't want the gods to go away from the table, by the way. I know a lot of, like, if you don't want the gods on the table and, like, it breaks your immersion, I understand. Like, I, un like, I understand that I don't... The pe there are people out there who have a good reason for why they don't want gods in the game, and if you have if you are good reason TM uh, person with why you don't want god models in the game, uh, I respect it. Like I can't like disagree with it in a debate debate me bro sense because like you're the the way you've you've arrived to your opinion is like is correct. Um, I just disagree with the fundamental of it because I like the Hercules like legendary journeys. Dudes fighting gods, gods meddling in people's affairs vibe of, of AOS. It makes more sense to me in AOS than it does in 40k for all the Primarchs and shit to be showing up. Um, Like, it makes more sense in AOS because, like, one, the active, like, everything's, like, still active. All the gods are currently trying to fuck with each other. Like, it's easy to have avatars. The nature of the mortal realms and plane skipping. We haven't even gotten into, like, potential timey-wimey bullshit and hopefully they never do, but, like, you gotta know with multi-dimensions, there's some fucking bullshit there. Like, we've even had, like, panoptic engines and shit already. Like, there's Aetherpunk. There's some timey-wimey bullshit, everybody. The cogs, chronomatic cogs speed up in slow time. Like, like it, it's, it's, for me, I like the, 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 uh, the Sorbo legendary journeys type shit. Uh, uh, not to be confused with I like Sorbo. That dude... Talk about, like, never meet your heroes, man. Like, <laughs> like, I loved watching him when I was when I was younger. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And I he used like to have a really... sense of humor. And, like, and he's not... Like... The humor's dead. Like, oh, man. Uh, see, oh, that's a fair take. I like gods in match play. I don't want them in Paths of Glory. I think that's fair. fair. Yeah, fair. Um, also, to tag on that, I love seeing the gods on the table. Right, like I feel like it really adds some oomph to the game. Uh, just a simple fact that, like, if this is truly like your army going out, like, what better represents that than the avatar of your god? You know, yeah. you link. Yeah, that's right. We got the avatar and a gash with us. F off. Like, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's you know the uh, the other two parts of that is like, let me play with my toys. You know, like one of my main like sacrosanct beliefs is that you should get to play with your toys and maximum fun for everyone. Like. You know, th that's why I don't like nerfing armies. I like bringing other armies up as a general rule. Things that go, like, way out of bounds into the stratosphere, obviously you got to bring them down. But, like, in general, it's like, I want to bring people up. I want to bring more people to the table. I want more people to play with their toys. You can't take named characters in Path to Glories? Uh, good end. There you go. I didn't yeah. know that either. I've I've always skipped the Path to Glory section every single time. Um, oops. I've never had a group, I've never had a group that wanted <laughs> to play Path to Glory. Not saying I wouldn't. Um, right? Uh, but I never had a group that wanted to, so... Yeah. 
Uh, spend victory points for the big buff. Ooh, I like it. Spicy. Uh, maybe if heroic healing was only for general. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. There, I think heroic healing has already shown it's got some problems with a couple other stuff, a couple other things, so... Oxalotl needs to come back <laughs> and pal around with Gotrick. That could be fun. <laughs> Give everyone a Gotrick. Yeah, if everyone has a Gotrick, nobody's got a Gotrick, right? Yeah. Um, That's why I want to bring a Drake back with Rally. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're caught up with chat here. Uh, Pants to Glory has been really, really sweet over on YouTube with the uh, Pants Mafia. Um. Now Christian Ware is doing his like did his farewell tour and it it was actually hard to watch and then I met him this at, at Bruce City Brawl and he gave my son his display board like like un uncoerced unprompted you know and uh, like first off fuck you Christian Ware because uh, Christian effing Ware because now I have to buy Seraphon for my son I already kind of knew it was gonna happen but it's just like. The first hit is free, right? Like, it's... And he left him two uh, Stegadons. So so my son has two Stegadons and a display board that's better than any display board I have. Um, Like, because it's a Trunzo display board. <laughs> like, oh, man. So uh, I spent, I spent, like, the entire time at Brew City hanging out with Kyle and Christian, right? Uh, like... They're probably the most welcoming people. Um, and, like, I was really sad that Christian was leaving. But, like, I, that's that's who I hung out with, like, the whole time. I'm glad really. you got to meet him before he, he heads back to Australia. I'm glad you got yeah. to meet him. He's he's If there is a person who I would define as the ambassador of AI, like, if the aliens come down to take over Earth and challenge us to a galactic game of Warhammer, Christian Ware is our ambassador that goes to negotiate with them. Like, like, no, 100%. Like, he was. Uh, oh, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, so, Rational Nihilist, I actually brought that up to my wife. Um, I was like, so, assuming the pandemic ends, right? Yeah. Because eventually this thing will end, we should go to Australia. And she was like, ooh, oh my God, yes, I, I love this. I want to go to Australia. She's like, wait, why do you want to go to Australia? And I was like, might be a might be a convention I want to go to over there. Okay, Molly wants to go to Australia too, but like, and I'm like, I'm like, if I'm going to Australia, I'm not gonna go for just like a weekend. I'm going to go for like ten days, you know, like a week. I'm gonna have the weekend and and then like explore and do that stuff. But I'm like, I have to like, so that means Molly has to come because if I go to fucking Australia for a tournament, and she doesn't get to like, she'll just. She will destroy me. There is not enough waifu karma in the universe to pull this off without being destroyed. Like, going to Tennessee for NashCon already exhausted my waifu karma for the year. Like, uh, was it 2018 or whatever? Maybe it was 2019. It was been 2019. Like, Australia, like, my soul would be destroyed. Like, in, in the Star Wars Expanded Universe at the end, like, they go to that whole thing with Palpatine. Spoiler alerts, everybody! So they do this whole thing where, like, Palpatine keeps cloning himself, even though, like, supposedly Jedi are supposed to be able to clone themselves. But yeah, Palpatine does it anyway, uh, like, a million times, and they keep bringing Palpatine back as the villain in the Expanded Universe. It gets super exhaustive. So one writer had the, had the, the balls... To, like, apologize to the fans. And the way it happened was Palpatine's, like, soul stuff tries to go into, like, Pal Palpatine's, like, clone body. 
and all of the Jedi across all of time who have ever joined the Force, from, like, Obi-Wan to Qui-Gon to Yoda, all of them to Anakin are just in the Force waiting from him when he enters the Soul Stream, and they all just, like, run him through and destroy him in the, in the like, Soul Stream. That's what Molly would do to me if I went to Australia without her. To be fair, I, I 100% agree. I, I got to meet Molly uh, at, at Bruce City, and, yeah, she would find your... Uh... Uh, what's the thing? That My phylactery. Asked? Yeah. Your phylactery. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No. Bueno. Yeah. Yeah. Like she'd find all my horcruxes scattered across like Milwaukee, like and some in my house. Like she'd destroy them all. Yeah. So. So. But if you go, then. Like Molly's one of the biggest Gilmore Girl f- fans on the planet, and apparently, your wife is too. I mean, my my daughter is named Rory. It's a plan so clever, it might just work. And then, like, just cut to you and me in jail in Australia next to Hades <laughs> at Christian Ware. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened. There was some drop bears and some random emus. And yeah, the know. emu war, fucking emu war started again. <laughs> like, <laughs> they invade, and then the emus attacked. <laughs> like, the fucking fire nation <laughs> oh man spoiler america is the fire nation oh it's true we are yeah <laughs> wait yeah. why am i in jail <laughs> uh you were guilty by association yeah guilt like, by you, association you were, to, you were trying to stop the emu war and we were like <laughs> <laughs> the the emu informant <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man uh, Path to Glory is fun. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't have any shade for Path to Glory. Uh, twenty twenty three, guys, is this it? See you there. All right, all right, Clint. So, 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 Clint, if I'm going to travel there, can you reserve? Will you reserve a, a tournament spot for us? I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. See, I know the guy who runs the uh, CanCon tournament. <laughs> he might be in chat right now. Yeah. <laughs> That just that just reminds me of the old like in the old Herald of War throwback uh not clip but the other guy who won CanCon and they brought it he brought it up every single episode and I laughed like a little girl every single time I heard it. I can't remember that episode. Oh man. I'm assuming Clint will will, will inform me. Who's his co host who won like the first CanCon? Uh he's a teacher. Mm. Oh, um Man, I'm bad with names. I can't remember. Checking will know. Checking knows everything. Checking will inform me. Yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. Um. That was a long, fantastic tangent, by the way. I like the head canon of like 2023 CanCon. We're all just like, like the usual suspects, like all just like in lockup and. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, ten days. Bring the wife, kids. Like make it like a, a proper vacation, and just for like a chunk of it, you and I, I disappear and uh, and and go tournament. I mean, so to, to be fair, my, my wife is familiar with this because then in Florida, my uh, the convention we used to go to was in Orlando, right? And so, like, I invited her every year. It was not in a great hotel, but I invited her. And I was like, why don't you just come over and, like, go to Disney? Um, because we were, uh, if you're in Florida, if you live in Florida, you're an annual, you're a season pass holder, right? You're an annual pass holder uh, because it makes no sense not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, she came the one time she looked at the hotel and was like, no, nah, I'll just drive the hour home. It's fine. <laughs> We'll show you proper drinking. You can't say that to a Wisconsinite. 
you can't, uh, I mean, there are rules on drinking games when, when University of Wisconsin students go drinking abroad. Yeah, uh, Hades, I'd, I'd love to see the challenge. I have a very, very, very good uh, autopilot, um, so I can just keep drinking for a really long time. Same. Like, if, I, if I'm if i not mixing in, like, if I'm just drinking beer, even high ABV beer, and I just stick to beer, I will get adequately drunk, but hang all night and day. And well, See, I'm, I'm that way with gin, right? Um, and as I can do it with I, bourbon and Cokes. Uh, I can't do it once you start bringing in frou frou drinks. I can't. I can't. Like if it's got like, if it's got like the sugar, the sugar. Yeah, it just wrecks me. <laughs> uh, and if, as Mephisto will will attest, uh, they will. Uh, if you drink gin, you're uh, a psychopath or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he he may have seen me consume quite a few of those. <laughs> See, but you're not. That's the weird thing. You're the you're the actual highest functioning highest functioning psychopath. I've ever known that drinks gin. Uh, many of my gin gin advocate friends, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You don't. You're actually like very warm and like and you know, uh, em- you have empathy and stuff. And usually, like a lack of empathy is like a pretty big psychopath thing. Straight. Maybe maybe it's because I don't like the juniper gins. I like the floral gins. Could be. Yeah, that's where the empathy comes from. It's the floral. Yeah, yeah. the the juniper is what kills the kills your empathy. Yeah, I saw the uh, yeah all the, yeah I don't know we we can start planning like a like a small Midwest like chat gang excursion. I'll fly out of O'Hare like try to book the same flight so like that sixteen hour flight is not the worst thing ever. Um, so I've, and I've done, no god, I've done to the UK right, which was like eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done Australia. I was really I was trying to get Amazon to send me. Uh, because the evil empire just opened up like some stuff over there, right? And I was like, "Do you need people to go?" <laughs> well, they did offer me to go to Dubai if I wanted. They were like, "We're opening some stuff in Dubai. Do you want to go there?" And my wife was like, "You know, that would be amazing if we weren't like moving and yeah. you'd leave in the middle of this." Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to be super careful with tequila because I don't feel it until I do. That's every. Every shot for me. If I start drinking, uh, if I start doing uh, Jaeger bombs, and I don't know if this is something you do in Australia, which is like Jaeger. Uh, it's deer's blood, for those of you who don't know. It's fermented deer's blood, if you don't know what Jaegermeister is. Um, uh, and then a Jaeger bomb is, is fermented deer's blood and Red Bull. Um, if I am drinking Jaeger bombs, if I order up a round of Jaeger bombs, shit's going to go wild. Like, like, I might fight somebody, like, I'll certainly end up without my shirt on by the end of the night. Like, uh, if the Jaeger bombs get inve- get in- involved, uh, I'm probably missing the next round of the tournament. <laughs> I'm 100% in, but I'm flying business class. Like, so, it, it, I mean, granted, this would all have to wait until after uh, after the pandemic, because I was talking to Christian about it, and he was like, yeah, they just they only let 75 people in the country right now, and it all comes down to how expensive your ticket is. I was like, mm. Yeah, um, no, post, post-pandemic, we'll do some planning, figure it out. Um, I'd be down to do it. Um, I got I to gotta recoup some losses from this year, um, and then I'll be in a position to start thinking about a, a, a family vacation. Plus, Lily will be a little bit older to, like, potentially remember it you know she's finally at that age where i think she's gonna remember like 
snippets from the vacations. Five is about that time you, you really start to come on board with your memories. So... Uh, I don't know. Is that Beloit? I don't know Beloit. Cataclysm. Arctic Circle. Uh, I, I, I know Beloit near... Uh, in Wisconsin, if you're talking. Um, um, so we never know, right? Uh, Peaks coming around the corner. They might send me to Wisconsin. Like they like sending people random places. I don't know uh, if that's where I'll go. I tried to get them to send me there last year, uh, just so I could annoy some uh, streamer that I I follow. You know, um, but you know, I got I'm... sent to Chicago instead. And then that streamer told me that if I drove three hours to meet him in a parking lot to eat chicken wings, like that would be stupid. Well, at the time, I'm sure that first off, that streamer is probably a fucking weirdo. But at the time, if he said that, it might have been at the beginning of a pandemic when things were dicey and weird, and it was, it was like mid pandemic, like yeah. it was like it December. was yeah, it was like mid pandemic when shit was the most hitting the fan, and like things didn't like like no, you no one really knew what to do, and uh, hopefully in 2023 we'll let you guys in the country. <laughs> Got to hope for something. Yeah. Right? So you just, just you know, write your, uh, write your constituent or write your, um, your representatives or whatever you have in Australia. Like if it's like a koala, at like the post office. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what your system of government is. I have no idea. Bear. Yeah. Don't drop it. <laughs> like, like just, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, write them and be like, yo, uh, I wrote a very prominent, uh, international event. Uh, it, you should open up the borders for like these specific people i'm sure they'll i'm sure they'll listen to you yeah start the savings now there you go all right chat gang <laughs> all right um so resetting it a bit uh, round two you played uh b timmy uh who went on to win best death um so you were the the kingmaker i mean if you do i don't know if brenda did strike the schedule but it would make sense that the people playing the person who won the tournament if they performed with a decent record by the end of it they would have had the stronger strength of schedule because they played the person who won you know right it was the only person who beat him it was oh. the same same with halo awesome yeah like it was like awesome like he was a great opponent like he was he was super on top of things uh if it wasn't for that stupid miscast like he probably would have been better uh he sh highlights he shredded a mega gargant like nagash did the kamehameha like charged up six arcane bolts, charged into Mega Guardian, and just split him in half. It was effing amazing. Cragno <laughs> uh, Kra swiped out thirty more tech guard in one go. Like and he was like, "This guy do." I'm like, "That's it." Like he just kills stuff. Like just don't let him get into things. Um, at end of the game, the only model he had left was his two catapults and Nagash, and I had Nagash is here and equidistance apart like 12 inches away from Nagash on three sides as Mega Gargans and they were all going nope 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 I don't want a part of that we're just get, we're just gonna walk away nope I might actually reach out to B Timmy and see if he wants to come on and talk uh talk death and stuff in October we'll see um sure. yeah see, get his insider's perspective um see I'm, I'm curious with the catapults if if they were like big regret I know I mentioned like at the table side like like you know, like, oh, catapult sadness, or I said some offhanded, like, semi-humorous remark, and he just kind of, like, gave me a look of, like, yeah. Um, so I wonder if, like, those 400 points were, like, something else, how he would have felt about his games, 
Or if, like, yeah, they might have been kind of meh in that game, but, like, the rest of the weekend they, they performed. Like, I'd, I'd really love to hear his his perspective on, on that specifically. Uh, B-Timmy, if you're watching the VOD, man, just, just DM me. Let me know. Um, I'll probably even reach out to him, just send him a DM myself. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, Osirik Bone Reapers have a, have a rough time with with Giants in general, but it sounds like he kind of, like, he, he, he took it to the limit, which is what you can hope for, right? Like, not give you a free win and and uh, show that he's, you know, in it. Yeah, I, de- I definitely had to work for it. Um, he he did not his he did not expect his Mortec guard to get shredded that fast. Um, but Kragnos with the Ren three was just like, mm, I don't I don't care about your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's weird. Like he like Petrifex Elite, like high rend and mortal wounds. They just like it's like they kill an elite army that has Crazy. high saves. I wonder if it's always been that way and people were just being stubborn assholes an edition oh, ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, this is a 3.0 thing, man. Like, Oh, it only know, it only started in 3.0. It only, only works in 3.0. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Uh, weird how that works. So game three, uh, I think, was another one of your mirror matches. Or uh, so, yeah. Game two is when I showed up, uh, started like saying hi. It, it was just me and Colin. Colin had his Game Boy. I basically uh, walked him around the room showing all the tables and like his eyes just lighting up and just being like, and then uh, asking him like, you know, what was your favorite arm? And he's like the space dinosaurs, which is how I introduced Seraphon to him. And I'm like, his, he was even wearing his, like his uh, converse that has like a T-Rex in like a, in like in space fighting like aliens. And uh, I'm like appropriate. So. So round three, I played uh, the mega Gargan player who had probably the most conversions done. Um, he had converted all of his Mega Gargants into Chaos Mega Gargants, right? So he had a uh, a, a Nurgle one, a Corn one, you know and what a Z one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and he had uh, the babies as well, right? So he had three, uh, like uh, three Nurgle Man Crushers, three Corn Man Crushers, uh, three Zeech Man Crushers, I believe, or maybe he had Slanesh Man Crushers, maybe not Corn Man Crushers. Um, it was really cool. Um, so that game he played and he went with a strategy that I'm sure worked well for all of the other opponents that he played. Hyper aggressive, right? Um, and uh, Mephisto was, came over and watched a good chunk of this game, right? And so round one, his, and this is, I feel like everything went down after this. Round one, his battle tactic was, I'm going to kill Kragnos. I was like, what? And I looked at him. Like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay, uh, best day ever. Um, so now Kragnos is a one-up save. <laughs> like, let's go. Um, and so he he shot everything forward, right? Because um, he had three megas and three units of babies, uh, three three-man units of man crushers. Um, and he shot everything forward, and he had to make a, two seven-inch charges and a six-inch charge, and he only made the six which means the rest of my army was just ready to pounce, right? He uh, presented his plumage to me, and it was it was kind of downhill from there. Um, he did he only did like four wounds to Kragnos, and Kragnos was like, uh, let me kill some of these man crushers. Um, and then after that, like, I just started chipping away, and it was just bad, 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 bad. Um, but it was he was a great opponent, and we had a really fun game. Um, I'm going to wait till Mephisto comes back before I get too far into the story. Um, because he did see the greatest moment ever of that story. Um, 
but yeah, it was it was definitely a fun game. Um, uh, I was definitely headhunting Gargants. Like that was my, my that was my second match. Um, so I did Gargants, non Gargants, Gargants, non Gargants, Gargants. That's how my matches went. Um, any questions in the chat? I'll I'll slide through here real quick. Clint, who was your? Did you answer my question before, Clint? Who was your co-host who won the first CanCon and uh, made sure he threw it in there every single time? Like, I straight up giggled like a little girl every single time he made the same joke. I'll take that as no, yeah. Eventually, he'll he'll throw us in here. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. You can you can put you can put the man crushers and hunters. Um, but, uh, I only took, so in my list, I only had one man crusher. I read double, I did double bosses of stomp so I could get more artifacts. Um, cause I felt like artifacts on giant models are gross. So I want to just have more of them out there, but you can. Um, I don't personally, I don't like the man crushers as much. I feel like they give up too many victory points. Um, you just, because with a five up save, they're really easy to kill. Like, don't get wrong, they do some damage. They're gross. Like they'll they'll wreck some stuff, but like even if you lower it to a four up or best a three up, if you can get Mystic Shield and uh and all out defense on them, like they're still kinda easy to whack, right? Because you only need to do twelve wounds and then one's down. Um and for the same amount of points, like if you do twelve wounds to my to my man or to my mega gargants, like you haven't even bracketed them. I got to get to 13 wounds to bracket them. So, like, where I lose that is a third of the output for my man crushers. I'm still good to go with my megas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you addressed the, uh, can you put uh, babies and hunters? Did you address that question from Chat Gang? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Right on, right on. Um, So, yeah, that that match I watched a little bit more than I watched uh, the OBR match because I I basically showed up at the, like, relatively the tail end. And I remember looking at the board state and being like, this dude's overextended. I don't know if he was, like, playing for a double turn and extending that hard, or, or what it was, but it was... Or if he, he whiffed some dice once he, he got in, or, or what happened. But I looked at the game state, and I saw Kragnos was hanging back, and I saw, like, how you were bodied up on objectives, and just looking at, like, the amount of megas you were about to throw into, like, into the fray versus him, I'm like... I'm like, the, that, like, the sort of, you know, the beta strike. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, so uh, how did that play out, or, or, or what was the what was the game overall like? I don't know if you went into it or if you already, like, summarized oh, it. Yeah, so I told Chad Gang about the beginning of it, uh, about how he went to Alpha, and he only got one of the three, uh, one of the three in there, right? Uh, and the other two were just kind of presented to me. They were like, hey, what's up? Um, so I, kn- I took out, the next turn, I took out all of the Man Crushers, right? And then I started to, like, I was trying to condense everything in, so I, like, kicked the objective over, and I'm starting to condense everything towards the middle, right, and trying to make his people, like, trying to make his uh, megas scoot around. He takes one mega and runs it completely to the other end. He was like, I want no part of this, so he leaves Kragnos alone. So Kragnos comes over, moves his full 10, right? He needs, like, a 10-inch charge to get in. So I'm like, all right, we're going to see if he can get in. It's got a mega over here. Mega's taking like five wounds from like throwing rocks at it. I'm like, cool. So I roll, get the charge, and I'm like, yes. All right. Now, Mephisto is coming up, right? He sees the charge coming, and he's like, oh shit. All right. So then I get to live the dream. Oh my gosh. 
I got to lit I got to roll the monster dice and I rolled a five and a six and I did thirty mortal wounds to a mega gargant, just picked it up totally off the table. I screamed so loud, you would have thought I won the lottery. Like people were looking around the hall, they're like, What is with that guy? I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean that's why this is those random weird rules, right? You gotta think about them sometimes in terms of a tournament and just in terms of like gameplay fun. This isn't a competitive take. You know. If you're thinking about like Sort of judgment, you know, like the classic one of one of my sort of like classic favorite like pseudo Timmy pieces. Um, it, Kragnos is 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 that um, Hand of Dust even I think kind of fill, fits in this category. Those like kind of wacky big moments that are like impressive when you yeah just roll sixes right, um, just just roll sixes. Um, just succeed on difficult spell cast three times and then uh, win a 50-50, you know, for Hand of Dust. Um, yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, those things like that, You get, if you think about it in terms of a tournament, in a weekend will I see it? If the answer is yes, that's fucking awesome, you know? Make them it's sufficiently big, right? Like, there's Which, this move toward homogeneity in 3.0. I don't think we're in the danger zone yet right now. I actually think we're kind of... Uh, Vince asked me a question the last time he was on uh, Rantcast. He said, like, you know, when is the game too bloated? When do we blow it? I think it was actually on the Rantathon he asked me this. Um, during the Rantathon, he asked me, um, you know, when do we blow it up? When when do we reset it entirely and, and go back to the ground? You know, go back to basics. You know, Basically, when's the fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons? You know, fourth edition was a com completely different game from from three zero, three five, three seven five, right? Like, when do we blow it all up? And I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. Like, I kind of talk my way through the point, but it's had me very sort of like hyper aware of the sort of design and balance side of the game right now. Like, not in like a army balance, the sort of like the sort of, like, digestion of rules balance. Like, how much... Where are we at? And for me, the danger zone is homogeneity, I think. Like, that's... It's a dice game, so you're always going to have, like, a relatively random experience compared to some other stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we're there yet. But it's it's something I've been monitoring. And I yeah, worry, I mean, like, Kragnos is cool. And destruction, like, wacky destruction stuff, provided it doesn't punish you. Like, Kragnos' ability doesn't punish you. Missing the charge feels bad enough already, right? Like, sometimes that's the only punishment you need for these rules. I don't get rules writers doing this thing where they're like, oh, this fun ability needs a trade-off. You chain-gunning eight spells needs a fucking chain-off where you can just not suddenly cast all your spells. Trade-off. I don't understand that. Like, usually not doing the thing is already punishment enough. Because you're trying to play a game. I, I don't know. I don't know where I was, I was necessarily going with that. Just no, that, like... I mean, go ahead. That's fair, right? Like, I 100% I agree. Which is, once again, I say, anyone who watches this VOD, we need to get rid of the miscast. It's dumb. Like, they take the damage, don't cast your spells. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's fine. I can live with it for an addition. Uh, you know, nothing ever stays the same, like, in, in AOS and Warhammer. I, I think people do need some patience with their takes and their their thresholds for stuff. Like, obviously, 
don't tolerate exploitation and and you know shit behavior and stuff like that's not that's not the read but like just fucking rules you know you can have some patience for just fucking rules rules change all the time um i I don't know um no it's just i I, it's something and i ask openly philosophically to everyone in in the warhammer community to be mindful be thinking of this just have it somewhere in there in the back of your mind be solving this riddle as you're playing games you know where are the rules right now are we into the danger zone? Are we... Is it okay? Are we good another edition kind of staying the course? Like, uh, do we want more rando wacky stuff? Do we want more Kragnos charges? More Swords of Judgment? Do we want less? Do we like the fact that it's oops all numbers? Or oops just numbers artifacts? Like, where are we right now in that? Do Lord of Judgment did nothing wrong. It no, never. No, I'll, I'll, I'm going to make a shirt. So, I'll wear it. I'll wear it with my uh, Heralds of War T-shirt that says "Manfred did nothing wrong." Uh, I'll just like I'll have a. I'll, I'll wear them both. The uh, the the sort of judgment did nothing wrong will be sheer, and it'll be written on the back, and so you can get the double dose. Um. <laughs> now I want to see Meth in a sheer shirt. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thirst thirst trap Meth. Um, <laughs> Joel McGrath. Yo, how's it going, my friend? How's it How's it going in the upside down? Um, yeah, so, so yeah, it's just something I want, philosophically speaking, people to keep in the back of their mind. So, yeah, you play that game, um, when the alpha goes, goes awry, uh, you often have a bad time, and I suspect that he had a bad time after that. So, to be fair, he still had a fun time, right, and we still try to make a game of it, but, like, he had, uh, two Kraken Eaters in his list, um, so he was kicking around objectives a lot. So like he took his one objective and kept kicking it back further and further. Um, so it did make it slightly awkward. Like we were like, uh, okay. Um, but he ended the game and I was like, I have two megas to your one. So it doesn't matter if you kick it or not, buddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, we're not doing any more tattoos. Like, I feel like tattoos are overdone. Um, but I I would I would love uh sort of judgment sheer. Yeah, now that the Rage of Sigmar crew is copying my content, like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, uh, the no the tattoo is uh, uh Sean Sean Benson. It, it it was born organically. It boosted it boosted Rantathon uh, immensely. Um, I'm struggling to get with all the pandemic and trying to get a the specific artist. His name is his name is. Zach, uh, he does excellent work. He's nationally sort of known. He's featured in magazines. Like, um, I'm like, this is the guy. He has this style that's like, it's traditional Japanese meets Americana. It is the exact tattoo a guy whose skeletons are are uh, kit bashed to be like undead samurai and shit. Like, it's the exact guy to do this tattoo. And uh, so it's like I like he, he had to reschedule me. I'm waiting on an email back because I'm now flipping it from the underside of my arm to the top side of my arm. Um, and I know that he he might have to redesign it because they design, you know, like with when you're looking at it under here versus here. Um, but, you know, my grandpa was a sailor. Uh, the the top side is would be an homage to him. You know, he just passed. So um, my grandpa had a wolf fucking wolf here. Uh, that's how you know he got laid. He had the wolf tattoo on his forearm. <laughs> and then like anchors and shit so um you know like anchors and sails like they all mean something i guess like sailor tattoos are like super like descriptive of of like what's going on they're like a language on their on themselves but so yeah 
Ja- yeah, OBR has a Japanese aesthetic. It's just he's he's like literally the perfect ar- artist to do like my pseudo Japanese Nagash head tattoo. So it's worth the wait, even if we keep having like scheduling conflicts and and shit. So, but uh, but it, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, checking, you will literally be the first to know uh, when it happens. So, but yeah, it, tattoos, no. Um, the the rest of my body is reserved for me and Molly. <laughs> So, um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, round three went quick ish, right? Like he did as best he could, like we made it a game. Um, but like overall, like, I don't think I lost a model that game. Like he dinged up a lot of them, but I don't think any of mine died. Maybe I just lost a man crusher. Maybe. Um, I remember uh, that life storm coming down, uh, over there in that fight. I'm just like, Oh, like. When the life storm came down, I was like, I heal three, I heal three, I rally. I, or, like, um, I, I rally, he, uh, heroic, uh, you know, heroic heal three. Life swarm, heal three. Great. I move it, I heal three. Like, it just like, <laughs> Like, I remember that, that, like, gut, I got the, like, sort of gutted feeling, you know? Yeah, I was like, I was like, all right, so depending on what happens here, I'm going to retreat this mega out because, you know, he's real rough. I think he's on, like, eight, eight or nine wounds left. And I was like, Oh shit! I just healed nine wounds. Never mind. We're gonna we're gonna keep swinging. Screw this. Yeah, we'll stay. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, so that's that's uh, one, two, three. That's day that's day one. Right. Um, a lot of drinking commenced. Uh, found out that it was really hard to get food because forty people all left the tournament and went to the the bar and were like, "We want food." Uh, so I ordered a pizza. Um, and had a, an amazing Chicago style pizza in Wisconsin, which was just. A metric amount of cheese, and I was in love. Um, and that's how I ended is, my day one. Was that your first Chicago style? Uh, and uh, I so I had one in Chicago, right? And I okay. had one in Chicago, and it's uh, this place called Grinders or something. And it's like uh, this home wall place, that, but it has like a huge reputation. Um, they only take cash, and it was literally the most cheese I've ever seen in anything. So before. Elton Brown, uh, if, if you've followed Rantcast for any amount of time, you know that one of my, like, hidden passions is cooking, and I'm a huge... We stand Elton Brown here on, on Rantcast. Um, Elton Brown has a... Uh, does AMA stuff, usually with the post-it notes. Like, it's it's like his, his shtick. Um, his thing is, like... They're, they're like, oh, when you're traveling, any, like, tips for traveling for food? And it, one of his major tips is don't get the food in the city... That's known for the food. Because they get complacent with the food. It like they they like they think it like if you get a Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia, they think they have that shit on lockdown. So they really like don't necessarily like try hard. You have to like really find the, the diamond in the rough like like business that like does it. But they, uh, generally speaking, though, everyone says they have a cheesesteak. Everyone says it's authentic, and they're usually complacent in it. Um, not to say that means they have bad food in general. Like, you might find, like, the best Italian restaurant you've ever seen because, like, they have to strive to be a great Italian restaurant or, or whatever, right? Um, I think it's – I think you're, you're getting a little bit of that with the Wisconsin deep dish because, like, it's probably some transplants from Chicago who have a vendetta in Wisconsin to prove their pizza is amazing so they never get lazy with it, right? So that's a little little food travel tip. That that being said, like if you're in Louisiana, you're gonna get beignets and a po' boy. 
obviously. But just, you know, just be aware. I, I, I skipped the po' boy, but I did get beignets when I was down there. Yeah. Were they good? It was amazing. I went to Cafe du Mont, which, of course, you know, uh, it, it was it was phenomenal. Like, I don't really have words for it. It was just a, an explosion of powder sugar in my face. Yeah, that's a, a AMA question. Uh, that's the one city I haven't been to that I really want to be be in in the U.S. is New Orleans. I was I was so pumped because it was like the very first time I got to travel with uh, with Amazon for my new role at the time. And I was like, I was shadowing. So like, I didn't have really anything to do. It was just like, follow these guys around and see what they do. So you can learn what the job is. So we went, we were in New Orleans and like, I was staying in this amazing hotel that used to be a paper factory that they turned into a hotel. And it was probably the schwankest place I'd ever like stayed in. And I was like, this is so cool. Speaking of, so there's, there's actually, uh, this is one half of this is by word of by word of mouth, and one half of this is from my my lived experience. Um, I running a V five game. Um, I'm setting it in Milwaukee, and I think that Milwaukee is actually a unique setting. One for the meta plot of a vampire for various reasons. Surrounded by vampires, there's an anti magic zone. Lake Michigan's right there if you want to throw in some Cthulian shit, like with deep sea. There's werewolves. Yeah, like there's a bunch of reasons why Milwaukee's a really cool setting. It's all Chicago's like a main hub city for the vampire meta plot. Milwaukee's just close enough to where if I want some meta plot shit to show up, I can, but just far enough to where it can be its own like island unto itself. Blah blah blah. Tons of great reasons for it, meta wise. Literally. In the physical world, Milwaukee is this really unique city where, like, it's, like, part of it's, like, super old and part of it's super new. And you have these places where you're walking down literal cobbled stone and looking at the Cream City brick, which is, like, the brick that's made the city famous. Like, you're looking at the Cream City brick on one side, and then you look over here, and it's, like, super modern condos, like, made out of an old toy factory or a brewery. Like, and and you have these, like, what are, they have a term called uh, uh urban urban relics or or sorry uh industrial relics it's it's a terminology because there's so many like abandoned factories and warehouses in milwaukee that you can just be in the middle of a fucking park and there's an abandoned warehouse in there with like tons of graffiti and dilapidated like stuff perfect for a, for a setting i was talking to my friends about about milwaukee in this game and they're like and i'm like what other city is really like like milwaukee in this respect and they like went through and they, they're thinking and they're thinking and they're thinking and they're like new orleans is like the only other place like this and so, like, like I've I've been to several states across the country. I've lived in many of them. Uh, bonuses of being a uh, not quite a military brat, uh, but like my my mom was a you know like a what would be called a badge bunny if it was for cops, but for Marines. So she you know bounced around all the military bases and stuff like that, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so like even New York City, like. They've got some old shit there, but, like, they're constantly rebuilding themselves in New York so City. Yeah. It, in New Orleans, at least what I saw, the old stuff, a lot of the old stuff got whacked pretty hard, like, when they had uh, mm. Katrina and things go through. So a lot of it got removed. Um, so don't get me wrong, there was still some stuff, but it's I don't think it's as prominent as what you're thinking. Uh, the closest, The closest city I've seen to what you're talking about... Um, is uh oh god is uh edinburgh 
in uh in scotland uh and that's because it's the city of stone so they still have and they didn't get bombed during world war ii well that makes sense when you're going to the europe and shit <laughs> yeah, like, like, like so to be fair right i'm a big dumb american right and i feel like i think all of europe looks like mary poppins okay right? like that like harry potter mary poppins like oh, that's what everything looks like right and so that's what edinburgh looks like right like that's she lit like jk rowling turf aside i i, I dislike the woman love the things that she made uh she got her ideas from edinburgh and like you can see like the the harry potter influence in the town like it has those winding streets it has those cobblestones it's really amazing and then i went to london and i thought london was gonna be like that and it's nothing like that like it's legitimately like you look like you, you feel like you're in you're in new york city uh, uh hades uh are you talking about so life swarm? So uh life swarm is either for giant models or single wood models. I feel like if you put anything in between, it's not that great. Um so like if you have a swarm of small dudes, life swarm is great. If you have a mega gargant, life swarm is great. But if you have a guy with like five wounds, like I feel like life swarm is kind of a Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Um I, I think yeah, Death of the Author is um I mean, I, I want to I'll circle back to this old city, new city thing in just one second. But while we're on this this topic at hand, um, so you have to understand, like as an English lit major, um, the vast majority of what you do as an English lit major is not like necessarily teaching you how to write. That would be a creating writing major. Uh, cr English lit. So that was like actually sort of like a weird mistake on my part, like not going for like journalism or, or creative writing. I thought English lit would teach me to be a better writer. It's a lot of analysis. So death of the author is a uh, analysis, a lens of analysis you can use. Um, the other one is authorial intent. Uh, this is, these are just two lenses of analysis. You can do like you know feminist analysis. You can do critical race analysis. Like there, uh, you can. There's a, there's tons of lenses of analysis, right? But uh, when I was going to to college at the time, I would have been, which is the early 2000s, a lot of death of the author resurgence. Um, it's weird because that's right before the sort of like digital boom. Now, death of the author is, I think, really easy to argue when the authors are literally dead. Now, let now now death of the author, to be clear, doesn't mean the author is dead. It means that like you essentially uh, kill the author in your analysis. You take the text uh, as it's uh, as separate from the author. Okay, um, I think that you can't do that. Personally, I, uh, entirely. But I also don't care about authorial intent, which is to say that, like, the author's intent of the story is the only intent that matters. I think fiction has a life of its own. Uh, I think, especially once fiction gets sufficiently large and important and big, it is no longer the sole property of the author. Uh, I say this as somebody who has copywritten stories that I have sold for cash fucking money, okay? So when I say... That my stories don't belong to me anymore. I want you to understand the full weight of what I am saying. As a person with an English lit education and who has stories he has written and sold. When sure. you when you write something, it is like raising a child. You do everything you can to teach it with your sensibilities. You do everything. You, you, you give it the morality that you think you have. You give it the inspiration you have. You teach it all the life lessons you know. You introduce it to your friends. And you keep it protected from the things you want it protected from. But at some point in time, that child and that story grow up and go out into the world. And 
your opinion matters on your story for a percent. It's in in a sense of like it might take a hundred of you to equal the same percentage that my opinion on my story counts for. But once it's sufficiently large, this sort of zeitgeist of the thing is is more worthy. The story grows up and becomes its own thing at some point in time. I couldn't tell you hard numbers where that happens. Is it a million fans? Is it a hundred fans? Couldn't tell you. Don't know where that that line is. Simply speaking, I think once any fiction gets big enough, it is no longer the sole own own. It's no longer owned by the writer. It's no longer the writer's story. Sorry, it can be owned by it. Copyright exists. Okay. The only issue I have with this is what ruins everything. Math, capitalism, right? Well, um, well so, so like, you're right. The 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 stories in the zeitgeist. But if I buy a copy of it. She gets money of it, and I dislike her. Oh, and, and where I was going with this whole thing, okay, the whole reason I, I mentioned death of the author versus authorial intent, usually you, you sort of pick a stance and you argue from that, or when you're doing an analysis, if I was to do like a big prescriptive write-up of like a book, I would be like, if we consider this book from the authorial intent perspective, you know, we have to recognize that, you know, Alexander Dumas was born in this time period, and what was going on in the, the time period of Alexander Dumas is this is blah, 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 right? Like, Alexander Dumas was was uh, was of uh, was of black descent, and uh, this you know we can't read uh, you know Count of Monte Cristo without the alienation he must have felt in his own own land and the imperialism that was affecting his native uh, I think he was Haiti, right? Like uh, he was French and being raised in, like in France, but French is an imperial state. Blah 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 blah. Sorry, uh, uh, I went too English lit major for you there. Uh, uh, I blacked out what happened. Um, sorry, uh, but death of the author would assert something else, right? And I think you, you argue from both with JK Rowling specifically, she has unprecedented control of her, her, of her IP for an author in any time period. Like quite simply put the amount of kickback she receives for the shit she writes is higher than any author before or since. It's fucking nuts. And so you cannot buy Harry Potter licensed anything without directly giving that woman money. That is what makes it a challenge, even though I do generally believe in a death of the author stance. I think you you measure authorial intent and you go, this is worth a percentage, just like my kid growing up analysis, right? Like, or my kid growing up analogy. Um, you measure it and you go, authorial intent matters for this amount. It, and again, we can draw the lines wherever we want. It's 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 not the whole, most important part, but it is a perhaps a majority percentage. It could, it could be like a 15% and the next highest percent is 10% of all the analyses we do. But it's not the the total majority percent. It's not the the most, you know, it's not the most worthy part. It just it just simply isn't. The thing is, is with with cap with a capitalism. You can't just you can't buy J.K. Rowling stuff without supporting without giving money to J.K. Rowling and thereby giving money to J.K. Rowling. She can then further her reach and platform to espouse her ideas across the world. I don't want to like doomer pill this though. If you like Harry Potter, it is fine. Okay, a lot of people with uh, a lot of people have struggled really hard uh, 
with J.K. Rowling specifically because unprecedented control, as we, we we've we've outlined. She's had opportunities to infuse some of her, so she'll actually go on and like make a Twitter post about her authorial intent, wizard shitting and using magic to clean it up and whatever. Right? She'll actually say what she intended, and like literally, it's meaningless at this point. Like, you know, so like it might like. It might strengthen the case for death of the author, quite frankly. Um, that, like, I she's like, oh, I intended the character to be gay. And then, like, she has an opportunity to have direct hand in the script for the new movies and actually doesn't write in any gay coding whatsoever into the character anyway. So, like, she had an opportunity. Oh, I always intended. So she wanted, like, the most, like, sort of rainbow, what do they call it? Rainbow capitalism? Like, accolades? fake woke like she just wanted the praise for like oh yeah i've got gay characters in my book without actually doing it so if you look at the bushido code bushido analysis from japanese culture actions and words should be the same so when you say something your words are as good as your actions because when you say the thing you're going to do the thing she said the thing mm-hmm. and she never fucking did it like so like you can't she's now an unreliable narrator we can't fucking trust her word but we can trust what she does with her money which is propagate a bunch of like cringe shit and you give her money when you buy her shit so again again all right uh, again i'm gonna put that all in the bubble now so we've now mephisto tm bubble my uh so all that's in the bubble authorial intent death of the author jk rollins a piece of shit pew the bubble goes up here we don't care about that anymore if you like harry potter and you have enriched your life reading the story just because it's been fun it's been entertaining whatever you are not directly responsible even if you do indirectly fund a piece of shit in anything okay like it's it's so hard out there to like pick your battles now and i understand if like the most important thing in the world to you is like is like lgbtq issues i will stand with you and and support you and and uh i haven't personally bought any jk rowling uh licensed merchandise even though i have a harry potter bathroom but you know wish is a hell of a drug um (laughs) um uh so you know moral high ground or whatever there like but i think daniel radcliffe had kind of like the best take on that like literally like Daniel Radcliffe is the anti Rawling. Um, the anti Joanne. Uh Daniel Radcliffe has some incredibly compassionate stances on everything. Um I, I, I don't know his like political values or views. I just know he's very compassionate and he he speaks with a lot of compassion. And so here's the thing. If we look at like capitalism, which I didn't put in the bubble. Um That'll never be in the bubble. It's hard. Um <laughs> So, J.K. Rowling's IP had Emma Watson, made the careers for Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, has put money in the pockets of several other actors who have all gone out to affect the world in various ways. Daniel Radcliffe doesn't have the platform that Rowling does, but, like, could. You know, like, think about all the other good actors that have come out of Harry Potter, too. So, even if you're, like, directly funding one shit heel 
you might still be supporting a bunch of other shit heels. This or not shit, non anti shit heels. You might actually be directly funding a bunch of anti shit heels. Like this shit's complicated. It's it's so hard, and this is where I don't like making moral judgments on the art people consume in general. If Death of the Author is what helps you buy and enjoy and consume content, cool. Like, honestly, sincerely, cool. Life is fucking hard. It is so difficult to make moral stances on just fucking wanting to read a book to get through your shit day. And so I try not to, you know. My problem is with the people and the things and fighting the people and the things. The explicit problems trying to figure out like all this like implied shit honestly doesn't feel worth the mental bandwidth for me from my weird privileged position that like you know i i can have that ignorance i guess but like when it gets right down to it it's about passion and intent and you know be passionate about the things you are and have just good intentions you know and do good things I mean, it, it, because uh, Bushido, your actions and your words are the same. So, do good things with your good intent. And, um, trying to figure out all the residuals, all the good place math, if you've ever seen The Good Place, it's literally the best uh, best TV show on moral relativism that exists. It's the best text on moral relativity that exists, period, in any medium. Uh, Nietzsche isn't as fucking good at the, the philosophy this show tackles, okay? Um, like, you don't... Like, we don't know the math behind the cosmic universe that, like, has figured all the good and bad shit going on uh, with our actions. So you, the best you can do is just be well-intentioned and do good stuff to the best of your knowledge and ability. This, this ties into Games Workshop right now, Okay. I, I told that whole story, and, and I see we went from 20 people at our peak, and we're down to, like, 11 people. So, like, clearly uh, me saying J.K. Rowling is a turf piece of shit really alienated some people, and I do apologize for that. Um, but I, like, I don't think I don't think it was the turf. I think it might have been the heavy lit. That, the lit major that you blacked yeah, out. Yeah, I don't, like, I, I don't even remember that. What are you talking about? I went too lit. What, what happened? Did I? Never mind. Um... <laughs> No. no, good good actions and good intent actually lead me back into my game four because I got to play one of the people that I was super excited to play. Yeah, well, well, good actions and good intent. Let me finish, put a bow on this on this tangent, and we get to your game, uh, game four. Um, with Games Workshop right now, people are like concerned about the future of the game. You know, because um, it turns out Games Workshop performs a capitalism, and some people are surprised to find out that they've been a capitalism the whole time. Uh, and some people aren't surprised at all. And people feel some kind of way about all of that. Um, my main thing is labor exploitation and like personal exploitation and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to know all the Machiavellian shit that's going on in all senses. And as you gain more knowledge and more in-depth information you gotta you know sort of reposition and, and figure out what you're doing but you know just personally don't like exploit people and you know don't personally if if, if buying plastic models is your thing and that helps you get through your day buy your plastic models guys it's fine May, hopefully recycle the sprues fine i see there's people out there making uh, sprues into water pots now that's pretty fucking dope yeah. yeah that's fucking dope like um you know find something responsible to do with your sprues um 
Like, you know, uh, you know, make your plastic models and, and have fun. I mean, it, again, I'm not trying to give people like a golden parachute out of like responsibility. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say the big Machiavellian schemes, uh, you know, maybe don't worry about those quite as much. Don't don't get doomer pilled by that shit. Um, live your life. Be awesome. Be awesome to yourself. Be awesome to each other. Find purpose and passion and just drive. You know, be as be as good in your day to day and your interaction direct interactions as you can be. You control some folk. They deserve it. They had it coming. But like in general, try to be good, you know. That's that's it. If you see or hear anything weird, my I have so to be fair, I have a small farm, right? I have two dogs and three cats. Um, so once it hits about eleven o'clock, uh, for anybody who has cats out there, they know that cats like go nuts. So I'm literally watching like two of my cats like race around my house right, right mm-hmm. now. So you um, you're I, I cut off your perfect segue into your round four. Uh good action's good intent. Uh so round four, I got to play the man, the myth. The legend, Paywo. Right on, right on. Uh, on uh, he was he was playing mixed order, right? Yeah, yeah, def- definitely, definitely was not Beast Claw. <laughs> uh, do you remember what his list was like specifically? No, no. Who uh, cares? He, yeah, he uh, everyone's gonna. Had... Everyone who's watching my show has already seen Haywo talk about Bruce City Brawl. So, to be fair, he he dropped it the day of Bruce City Brawl. Yeah, he's a full-time content creator now, man. You got to be fucking uh, like timely with your content. Like I, 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 I think we're pretty good, but I don't think I could have done the interview while I was driving home. Like so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, this was my favorite game of the entire entire weekend. Really? Um, yep. To, like, it was a game. On another level, like it was the first time I've ever run into the ever run into this where my opponent knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly what my opponent was doing, and we all, all the it, the outcomes were all basically figured out. It just came down to dice. Like yeah. he gave me first turn. I know I have to move up. I move up, I solidify my base, and I put one Gargan out there as a bait Gargan. He knows that I have this bait Gargan, and he takes two Thunder Tusks to crash into it, and he says, if I kill this Gargan, there's a game, and I can collapse this Fang. Like, if we, if I don't kill this Gargan, you've basically won, right? And we all know this. Like, nobody said anything, but, like, we yeah. both know exactly Yeah, your lines, your lines of play. Yeah, you're, I mean, your lines of play, you're doing the, the optimal choice, and... You know, sometimes your your opponent gives you like two bad choices, and you got to do the one that is the most optimal. That if it pans out, you can do the thing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is lines of play. This is what you're supposed to do. So con. Right, but like I've never experienced it to this level. Like normally, like you you will lines of play when you're playing your opponent, but like sometimes you're like, why did they do that or what did this? But it was like every single move was the most optimal play, um, like for all of these things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I had a game like that at Bruce City Brawl. Uh, the previous uh, year it ran uh, against uh, Tobin Prime, who was who was there as well. Uh, Mark Tobin. Um, he was not on Sylvaneth. I think he was on Stormcast Eternals this time, which was a surprise to me. Um, yeah. So 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 Tobin uh, Prime is. Uh, we had a game like that where we both played our exact lines of play, and it came down to dice, and you can't be mad, you know. So yeah, go on. it was it was an amazing game. Um, 
and it came down to that my Mega Gargant saved all of the big damage attacks and didn't save the small damage attacks, and so it took two Thunder Tusks to the face and survived. Um, and then after that, it was basically just clean, right? Like, uh, he knew it, I knew it. Like, Brendan and Ty both walked around, and they were like, yep, like, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, sounds sounds awesome. And because of that game, uh, Joe gave me his favorite opponent vote. I sense a little collusion with chat gang there. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't know. Right. I did not. I didn't even know until like uh, I heard his show when I was driving back and he was like, yeah, you know, Dave beat me. So I gave him my favorite opponent vote. And I was like, yeah, it's um, I, I, I see. I, I often go the opposite direction with that. See, I, I like people who I have a fun game with that lose. I often give my opponent because it's it's harder to be cool when you're losing than it is to be cool when you're winning is my mentality. Not that like that's true for all people. Um, so like, uh, because it came down to like, uh, Tobin versus, uh, Dave Griffin at Bruce City Brawl for my favorite opponent vote. And, uh, I had like equally of great a game and I'm like, love these games with both people. Uh, they were excellent games. Like the, the generalship, the tactical play, the, you know, like, and I'm like, against Griffin, I botched my deployment. A thing that if I do that deployment a hundred times, I'll only fuck it up twice. You know, like, that's, you know, and I'm like, I fucked up my deployment on a deployment I've practiced. And it came down to, like, just, like, Hail Mary, like, me just pulling it out my ass and, like, defeating him. And I'm like, it was, it's got to be hard to watch your opponent, like, fuck up their deployment be like i got this and then just like them crush you anyway i'm like versus like uh uh, uh tobin who beat me being you know like it's you know that was my tiebreaker there uh not criticizing the man that's giving people insight to my thought process um so can i ask who got your favorite opponent vote was it you said haywell right yeah yeah, yeah i gave yeah. i gave haywell mine as well um not because I won, but because, like I said, that the lines of play were were so phenomenal. Like I, it was almost like a whole different type of game. Like this is the first time I've ever had that, where it was just like, "Yep, you're gonna move there, and I'm gonna move here, and you're gonna move there," and we all know this. Hey, was never beaten me. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my army exactly counters Beast Claw Raiders just the whole uh, through every edition, uh, with the exception of Osiarch Bone Reapers. He stands a chance. Uh, it's, it's, I actually think it's a 50-50 or even a 55-45. Um, but, like, uh, he hasn't played my OBR yet, so. And and so one of the things that uh, Haywell listed when he when he gave a show is he said, you know, and we talked about it during the game as well, is this, he's never played Giants before, right? Really? So this was a learning game for him as well. Um, so he was testing out, like, how much damage it takes. Like, we were like, I had, like, a, a man crusher that, was on, that had already taken four damage, so he had eight wounds left, and we're like, does three Yetis kill this? Mm-hmm. The answer, folks, is no. Because three <laughs> guys don't kill anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That'd be cool too. So, so how did uh, meeting the man, the myth, the legend in person? Did he live up to the expectations in reality? Yeah. So the f- funny story about that, right? Uh, so uh, Haywo shows up on Friday, right? So I came on Friday because um, I, I knew it was going to be a long drive. I wanted to make sure that I had plenty of time. So I showed up early and I helped set up, which means uh, like 
six of us showed up and like set up all the tables and then sat around for like two hours like waiting for the rest of the stuff to show up mm-hmm. um so uh hey shows up after after we've all been sitting after everything's out and i'm sitting around and i think it's me and kyle uh i don't think christian was there yet maybe he was um we're sitting there and you know everybody's so messed up and stuff like that and like this guy comes in, sits down now. Granted, I've never met Halo before. But this guy comes in, sits down, and he goes, yo. And I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> but I didn't want to be, like, super creepy stalkerish, so I just waited until, like, he introduced himself. But, like... Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Did he guy. introduce himself as Joe or Halo? I have to know. Uh, Joe, I think. Okay. All right. That's funny. I'm like, I'm like, is he, has, has, has the full-time content creation gone to his head yet? Is he now, like, sub? I'm Halo. Let's plow forward. <laughs> like when he like starts the game or something. Like let's plow. Sorry, let's plow ahead. Um, <laughs> like he's got like a Halo news like cardboard cutout. Like when he wins the double turn, he's like, "I've got a button for this," and he pushes the button and then just grabs the cardboard like cutout and puts it up. And he's like, "I just won the double turn." Breaking news. And he puts it down. <laughs> Do you remember fun? Yeah, remember fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like fourth round, uh, it went, it went okay. Um, was done pretty quickly, right? Cause it was like round three. We, we sat there and just looked at it and I was like, okay. And he was like, all right, so this is going to happen. That's going to happen. I'm going to kill this. You're going to kill that most likely. Um, so we'll do these for the secondaries and boom, it was done. Like right on. Yeah. Cause he, he was like, he's like, I know we can't win this. Like unless something drastic happens. So we just walked it out and then it was like, all right. So had plenty of time when he got Culver's for lunch. Um, and Ooh, then was this your first Culver's experience or have you had Culver's before? Nope, nope. We've, we've got Culver's all down the East coast. Now I even had a Culver's in Florida. Crazy. Okay. Have yeah. you had Whataburger? Uh, nope. All right. We, we, I gotta get somebody on who's had like both Culver's and Whataburger, but doesn't have like hometown ties or like Homer ties to either like state they're from. And they can tell me like, all right. Get to like Maybe I had a burger when I was in El Paso. I don't know. If really you can't long. remember it, it's already losing. Yeah, like I'm like. Mm. <laughs> um, but then we get to round five. Uh, and round five was uh, like I talked about before. Uh, me and the boy Wonder looked at each other and said, uh, "I don't want to play your list." Um, not that that had anything to do with it. It just worked out that way. So I play uh, Alex G, uh, who is also on Gargans, right? Um, and it is the new knife to the heart. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it is where there's the four objectives and you have to control all the objectives to win. And it's basically, you can get minor wins by doing your secondaries. Mm -hmm. And so we speed through the first three rounds of this game. Like the first three rounds take us, I think 20 minutes, a lot of, a lot of posturing, like just, yep. yep. Cause neither of us wanted to scoot forward. Um, round, round two, he takes his tactic and he's going to try to kill Karagnos. Right. Because I'm slowly, I like kick. I kick my objective forward a little bit and then scoot scoot a little bit and I kick my objective forward a little bit and I scoot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm just like, boop, 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 boop. Like trying to close the distance but still being in my power base. Um, And then he's like, I'm going to kill Kragnos. And I was like, best day ever. And he's like, huh, good play. And like then <laughs> doesn't do anything to attack Kragnos. And I was like, okay. So in my head, I'm like, all right, so I just have to get all my secondaries and I have this game in the bag, right? Like I just don't drop a secondary and I'm good. So it comes down to turn four, and uh, we scoot it up. He on, so he takes, I take, I win the priority on round three, right? Uh, so 
I take second so I can burn one of his objectives. I burn one of his objectives so I control two. He controls one. Huge, is, huge, great change to AOS, by the way. Yeah, and and that's the play, especially in that mission, right? Like, you want to burn their objective because you need to be able to do this, right? Otherwise, like, you have to spread your forces super thin, right? Mm-hmm. So now I've consolidated all my forces over here. I have uh, two megas here. I got, a, I got, like, basically everyone is consolidated in one small group. Right, because I've kicked my objective that starts off. Your objectives are like you know split into four quarters, and I've kicked my one all the way over to like the center because I got an eleven on my first roll to kick it. It was like, Whoa. yeah. So I kicked it all the way over, so I've got everything in here. So top of three, he takes it and backs his whole army up, like he backboard edged his army, right? And I'm like, mm, okay. And he told me later that his thought was that I would have to walk in and I wouldn't be able to charge him and then he would counter punch me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so turn three, I moved some more of my guys and I moved everything a little bit closer, but still on my objectives and did my battle tactic, got it. So um I win the priority going into turn four. Okay. Okay. Or wait, maybe maybe he had priority turn four. Either way, gets to my turn on turn four. And I'm literally just looking for a battle tactic to win. Right. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not even, I'm not even concerned about the game state. I'm just like, because he hasn't attacked anything, right? He's thrown some rocks. Like that's it. And I'm like, eh, rocks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I summon the, I got the Emerald Life Swarm out again. It heals up rock damage. And I'm like, man, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did he like, have oh. Emerald Rock Swarm? No. Or, sorry, Emerald Rock Swarm. That would be a way sweeter spell, but yeah, Emerald Life Swarm. I was calling mine the Crimson Blood Swarm. Cause I did mine all bloody. I was like much better. I don't know Met- what your metal. green. Yeah. Yeah, your green buggies do, but mine are made out of blood. Yeah, metal. This is a hate to be a contradictory here, but that is in fact pretty metal. So <laughs> uh, Nathan explosion um, voice, everyone, you're welcome. So I get up to uh round four and I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna six the run on this mega. Cause I'm just gonna take the objective from you. I'm gonna six the run on this mega. I'm going to roll the run on this mega. Um and this and this was kind of the feel bad moment, right? Um so Alex didn't realize that they had changed Longshanks. So in case you guys didn't know, Longshanks no longer has the height requirement over it, right? So you can move over models, you can move over terrain, um, you just can't charge over things, right? Which is fine. Um, when you're, it's, when it's you're charging, yeah, it's fine. It's um, fine. You, but... you got a position to get past Chaff or you got to hit Shaft Honest. Honestly, yeah. it's fucking fine. There's, I know it's not totally fly and some people are negative about that, but like no, no, it's perfect. It's like, it's it's, it's actually fine. Think about both because sides of the table here. My chaff matters still, and uh, you know, like, it's 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 very thematic because you can retreat out. It counts for retreats, so you can retreat out over models. Because if you're running your butt away, like you're like, no, dog, I don't care about your your models. But if you're charging in and you're trying to make impacts, like you care about who's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's so. So, like, I had my Megas kind of positioned behind terrain, right? Like, this one was poked out. The one with the, the Rat Breaker was poked out, but then the War Stomper was behind this. And I was like, oh, well, the Escape Breaker's going to move up. Uh, so he moves 12, and he's like, they move 9. And I was like, nope, nope, they move 12. Uh, Megas move 12, 11, and 10, depending on which one you are. Um, so this one moves 12. And he's like, oh, I never even looked at that. I'm like, okay, so move him forward, get him on the objective. And then the other one, I'm like, well, I'm just going to spend the command point six to run on this guy. And he's like, well, that, that terrain features not four inches. And I'm like, 
yeah, this is where it's going to feel real bad, bud. Uh, they fixed that. They fixed mm-hmm. that like two weeks ago when they were out. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, sorry. He's like, why Why would they change this? I'm like, you're asking the wrong person, but I'm going to move over the strange feature. Funny, and he, take he, your... he, he used to be a playtester. It's actually, uh, oh. that's what we call a dramatic irony. Uh, if this yeah. were a, a stage play. But, no idea. Like yeah. I said, never met the guy. Um, but so the, I run over and I was like, cool. I get my battle tech because I took the, oh shit, I just won. And that's how my game ended. Like I was like, I literally wasn't even thinking about that. It just ended. Like I was just like, huh? Oh, um, I just wanted the battle tactic from taking this, but I guess I'll take the win. So I won my round five with zero models killed, <laughs> zero models lost. Barely, barely, barely any damage like done. Like, yeah, like it was, it was 25 minutes. Probably. It's it's the kind of game that like, uh, that Vince would probably hate, but I think is actually kind of cool personally. Like I, I like the, uh, gamey posturing and then you try to go for the throat. Oh shit. I just won. How do you? Oh shit! I just won. I mean, Mega Gargans. I mean, that's that's really. If I were to describe Sons of Bahamut in one uh, in one sentence, it would be, "Oh shit! I just won." Uh, so he had he had Kragnos and three Megas on his objective. So that was forty. No, he had four Megas or four babies and Kragnos, but he was in Stumper Tribe. So that was forty-five models. My two Megas run onto there, and it was sixty. Right. He tried to redeploy to redeploy on. Um, to get another mega on there, and he rolled a one for his re- for his redeploy. Mm-hmm. With the base size, though, can't you crowd you out? Like... If he would have been at the front of it, but he was at the back of it because he moved his entire army back. I think that was a misplay. I think so too. Yeah. Right. But in his head, he was thinking that that Arata wasn't there, and I couldn't get over that. So he's like, he can only get one mega in. What does it matter? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I. Yeah, all right. Nice recap. How do you find playing Gargants in an event? And would you keep running them at future events? So, uh, I personally... So, Joel McGrath, one of the one of the best players in Australia from Measure Gaming showing up. Yeah. Um, By the so way, I, I heard what you said about me on your segment of Rantathon, and yeah, actually, like, it was a joke. You didn't really say anything bad about me. It was a good, it was a good segment of you guys in Haywo. Uh, sorry. Yeah, so, to, to the question. So personally, I I adore running my Mega Gargans, right? Um, I I've I've spent a lot of work theming them. Um, I really like playing them. Like we talked about, I, I, I love that three D printed model. I like it better than the original sculpt. Right, right. It's so much bigger. Um, uh, it's 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 chonky. He a thick boy. I like it. Yeah, and and I really like the fact that uh, that's my rat one because like I feel like it kind of adds to it. You're like, oh shit, he's bloated with fucking rats. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gnarly. It's sweet. Gnarly, uh, gnarly can mean either gnarly bad or gnarly good. It's all in the tone and inflection. And in this one, it was gnarly good. That's gnarly. Yeah. Go on. So uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the beginning of the show, but mental bandwidth is real low on it um, for the most part. Like you still, like you still have to be a good pilot, right? You can't just be like, just move stuff forward, right? Because like, if you're not positioning well and you're not like hugging terrain and you're not like. You just walk out in the middle of the f- board, and you're like, "Please swap my guy." Like your guys are gonna die. Like this is. So, go, finish your point, and then I, I just want to like add on to the mental bandwidth take. Go on. So like, so like, it does matter, right? Like, I don't, I don't want, I, I hate when people are like, "Oh, it's, it's, it's an easy play" or something like that. Like, it's not an easy play. Like, I have very little models, and I have to kind of maximize what I do. Like, every swing matters, right? I 
don't have as many golden parachutes. Like, doing it wrong, like, yes, I just have to toe in to an objective to take it, but, <clears throat> like, you can crowd out the objectives. People, and... people know what your, your game plan is. Like, it's a known commodity. People, at this point, shouldn't be surprised that you're going to try to do that. It's, th- right. At some point, we need to, to let the water re- level rise in our game and recognize, like, certain things that, like, are just being complained about. It's like... Yep, okay, but like also maybe try to build your list or play in a way to deal with it. And I know that I keep getting shit for telling people to get good as like my like judgment, but it's a little bit better than just roll sixes, okay? Uh, but on some of the shit, it, it really is just like, be better. You all have been complaining about the same thing for like a while now, and it's not like you can't do something to stop it. We keep talking about speed bumps and four-inching people, where you like you just lay little like rows, yeah. They blow up like your your chaff four inches away, so they're but they're outside of combat and now. They need to charge again, like or go around. Like you can do. Sh- yeah, what if that four inches is eight inches instead? Like you got play because now they can't fit their fatty base if they try to like if they kill some stuff and try to squiggle around. Like you know if they try to do some retreat shenanigans. Like there's there's so much table play. At this point, you know what they're going to try to do. You know they're going to try to, like, toe-tap. So, like... Sorry, go on. Sorry, my cat was yelling. and I thought it was my daughter. Didn't hear it, but yeah, go on. Um, and uh, would I play them in, in future events? Yes. I'm, I'm super I'm super hesitant with the, with the Cruel Boys coming in, right? Uh, like uh, As those... you should be. I hope your start... exact emotion right there is the emotion every... Sons of Behemoth player feels right now. Like, oh, those are gonna hurt. Right? Um, so, for instance, I do have a GT coming up um, here next month in October. Uh, it's the Michigan GT. I'll be down there. And right now, I'm coin flipping Co- if I'm going to... Cobra Kai bring... still running that? Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Um, cool. So, uh, for those who didn't know, before I moved, like that was the dojo I was playing out of. Right, so I was hanging out with the Cobra Kai guys. Like, Apparently, they 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 chiseled you well. They they were a proper whetstone because uh, yeah. you came. Yeah, like, it's it's funny because like uh, the very first so um, tangent upon tangent. Um, but I only played like one. Ter- I played one one day in uh, Grand Rapids when I was down there, um, and like I brought my guard, brought my guard, and it was two point um, and like I took first place. It was it was just a you know three games, and like. People were like, oh, my God, you're so good at this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am not even the best guy in my dojo. Like, yeah. I am normally getting my butt kicked, like, every night. Yeah, yeah. I love that you call it your dojo, by the way. I, I think we, we need to it. I think we need to get that get that trending. I know that they are the dojo because they're Cobra Kai, but, like, we need to, instead of club, it's the dojo. Like, yeah. lab or dojo, these are the only two acceptable terms. Like, you're going back to lab, you're going back to the dojo. Um. So will I run it in future events? Um, I so I'm kind of constrained on armies that I have that I could run at the events right now because uh, I moved. Um, uh, so like I have this or my feck, um, and I I'm actually in a couple of nights going to be using the coaching session that I won on Rantathon with Rocco your boy, and we're going to run through a couple of feck builds on Tabletop Simulator to see if there's any teeth there. Otherwise, I'll probably be taking my gargants. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, before we get to the next question here, um, I just wanted to like uh, talk about the mental bandwidth take for a second. Uh, 
Um, I don't want people to correlate or uh, associate mental bandwidth with a, like, binary good-bad take. This is the opposite of what I think people should be associating. Like, low mental bandwidth doesn't mean low skill either. Like, that's not... That's that should never. The, this is not a synonym for like low, even a low skill uh, skill floor, right? This army is a low skill floor. Like mental bandwidth is a separate uh, is a separate sort of like axiom from the skill floor or skill ceiling of an army. It might associate, but it's not the same. Okay, these are not synonyms. Um, if you play any army sufficiently, you can take certain armies that might be middle. Or even high bandwidth down to low bandwidth mental armies or low mental bandwidth armies. Okay, like if if you play a, a ton of like LON for instance, people thought of as like a high mental bandwidth army. You get in enough reps, your gravesite placement becomes pretty much like automatic. Your deployments become pretty much automatic. Like where you like there are things that like you can get that stuff in in line. Like, you might have some, like, extra decisions to make down the line, but if you already already are considering your lines of play and you've been practicing this stuff, mental bandwidth, again, this is... I really want people to not use this as a synonym for, like, skill floor and, and skill ceiling. Um, and I, I certainly don't want it to become a synonym for, like, high skill or low skill army or easy army to play. I do think it's an easy army to learn, Sure. But again, that is different from the ceiling, that is different from the bandwidth. Okay? Like, um, just just to I just needed to get that out of the way before we moved on. Uh, because this is just um if I were to like do the pros and cons of armies, I would list low bandwidth as a pro for the army. But I could also find a way to list like high mental bandwidth as a as a pro for an army. If what you're looking for is an army that makes you like constantly engage with how you play it, like yeah. how you're thinking about playing it, like if you're really just you really do want to think about every decision, like isn't that you'd want that higher mental bandwidth army? Uh, I think in a tournament sense, you're you're overall uh, you need to give yourself a break and have some self compassion and not think that hard every freaking game. But again, you can compensate for the mental bandwidth aspect of an army. Just grind, bro. Just just play more games. Get those reps. Practice with purpose to try to bring that army down in the amount of mental bandwidth it uses. All right, boom. One, th- One thing I do want to touch on, uh, I just want people to remi- remember this. When you're dealing with ward saves, like a five-up ward save is not... A th- is not a 30% gain on wounds. It is a 50% gain on wounds, right? You basically double the wounds of the character that has it, right? You can go check your math. You can go through it. But so if a Mega Gargant has a five up board said you are not looking to put 35 wounds into it. You're looking to put 70 wounds into it. If you use that, you will no longer feel bad, right? Oh, like, I, like- I, feel, I feel like that's one of the biggest NPEs that people have. It's the same thing that happens with Gotrek, right? Gotrek doesn't have eight wounds. Gotrek has 24 wounds. Yeah, you're just doing math wrong and then getting angry that you had the the answer that you that you had the answer wrong. Like, right. well, of course you had the answer wrong. Let's look at your work. Uh, your math was wrong. Um, but here you don't even have to do math. You've just been told the answer. Uh, you just got handed the answer sheet and it says uh, seventy and twenty four. Does your unit do seventy or or twenty four damage? 
Um, which, uh, I'm going to circle back to natural predators. Uh, Not now. No, I want you to continue now. I just had to oh, hand no, off to so, myself. No, I was reading what Joel. Uh, yeah, so I typed in there. But yeah, it's so for me, uh, well, I don't mind. So it. now that you're talking, you got to read the chat thing that you're responding to. Or people who are listening in audio or doing YouTube won't have any idea. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, so Joel threw out there. I don't really have an opinion, but I find it interesting. So I'll ask, playing Gargants at events, do you feel that you may be missing out on aspects of playing the game? Or is it bang on for you? So personally, it's bang on for me, right? Like, um, now I can only speak from like anecdotal evidence, right? So anecdotally, the guys I was playing with the Cobra Kai Dojo, like there was a lot of spell doms, right? So if you were not playing someone with high casting bonuses, you weren't casting spells, right? Like they were shutting you down. Um, like I played LRL a lot. I played, uh, I didn't play Nagash, but I did play a lot of Techless, right? Um, and then I did play a lot of people who just had like, uh, just natural higher casting bonuses, right? Like plus twos, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't miss that about being like, oh my my plan hinges on me getting off this spell, and then you're like, well shit, right? Um, so it's kind of nice like removing that, and now I'm focusing more on let me make sure I'm making my charges because when I make my charges, I'm getting my impact hits, I'm getting my impact hits, I'm getting more loons through, right? Like trying to make sure that I'm setting things up into the right area. Um, trying to make sure that you're it's more becomes focusing on movement phase for me. Right, trying to make sure that you're uh, you're placed in the right spot, right? Like uh, a big one that I had to learn, and I actually took this away when I was playing, you know, flesh eater courts, was just making sure that you're not getting your monsters swamped, right? So, like, how can I block off huge portions of my base that you can't get to, so you can only attack this much space, right? Um, and that skill like is triple fold when you're playing with mega gargants, and it's all just giant bases, right? You have no screens, <laughs> like it's just giants. Right, no screen. Oops, just giant, just giants. I mean, move the movement phase is the most important phase of the game. Once you begin to sort of break it down and get the other stuff out the way, and to be able to kind of like shortcut to learning that valuable lesson, I think is is worthy. Again, this is don't bring this into like the judgment of like armies and stuff, folks. That's not what I'm te teaching you here. All armies are awesome, and you should feel good about them. Um, but 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 learning to prioritize movement. You know, when you're, people look at the math and the damage stuff does, and uh, they get distracted by, like, the math hammer and the theory crafting online, and, and, and this is where I talk about, like, playing the game of Age of Sigmar. You need that practical experience, because you just have to, like, put it together. Well, but then what does that mean on the table? If you can't get your infinity damage to where it needs to go, it does zero damage, right? That's the importance of movement. Uh, thanks for the answers, mate, and congratulations on your result. Yeah, uh, f uh, uh, five and zero with Mega Gargans, and you had to like raffle stomp. Or, it wasn't raffle stomp, but you had to like stomp over three Mega Gargans in in route. Also, I I won this the most Midwest way possible. We had two ties for five and zero, um, so it was me and Isaiah the Boy Wonder, right? And I won it on favorite opponent votes. Nice. Like, that's what it came down to. This is the chat gang way. <laughs> Being excellent to each other. Um, <laughs> drinking milk, one's milk, paying one's taxes, and being excellent to each other. These are the tenets of chat gang. Um, uh, Tyrant Mania showing up with the Twitch Prime sub for five years of support. Uh, the Prime sub cannot be removed after turn three. And then he's got the flats in there. Nice. So we got the the... the <laughs> We got the uh, Flats Gang, which is is 
when Chat Gang and the Big Flats uh, cross pollinate. <laughs> um, yeah, play, play, play. Um, I only have like a couple more questions, but I must use. I simply must use the restroom. Is there any uh, any tangent you can go on real quick? Anything you want to like add about Sons of uh, Sons of Behemoth? Um, is this your favorite army ever? Like, have, like you've been a big Flesh Eater Quartz fan. I know that, like, for a while you were saying, like, Flesh Eater Quartz was your forever home, and you had a bunch of, like, vacation homes, you know, as I, one as one does. Has it switched? Have you, like, moved into the vacation home? Is this is this the is this the forever home now, and Flesh Eater Quartz are the vacation home? Are they uh, the family home that you moved out of and you rent out? Like, what? where are you at right now? All right, I'll answer. You go to the bathroom. All right, uh, so... For instance, so if you if you're new to, if you're new to the show or you're new are you new to the way that we, uh, what uh, Meth and I are talking about here, um, so I've always been a big proponent of that you always have uh, a forever home and then you have vacation homes, right? So you have an army that's always yours, right? Like this is my army; it doesn't matter what happens, good or bad. Like this is where I am, and then I try other things, right? So I've tried lots of other armies, um, and so for instance, for the longest time, Flesh Eater Course was my home. Um, I adore the lore. I have modded like almost my entire flesh eater courts army to be split in half because it's the it's the delusion slipping off so half of them are bretonians uh and half of them are flesh eater courts right um i then expanded that out so they're actually a cities of sigmar armor army so like my arch regents are actually half uh stormcast eternals right because that's how they picture themselves um and uh then you can see it slowly slipping away and you can see that uh like they're actually a monster but that's not how they see themselves right so like my terror guys and my zombie dragons are actually generals on griffins mixed with whatever portion um so uh i still adore my flesh eater courts like if there's one army i'll never get rid of it'll probably be my flesh eater courts but i'm really starting to get comfortable in mega gargants right uh i really like the sun's army i bought all the additional tokens from pro painted studios also guys if you don't have uh like good tokens like I feel like that's a, something that I know people have talked about, but I feel like that's something that helps out a lot on tournaments. So one of the things I bought from Propane Studios and it was super cheap, um, was just a way to track your secondaries. And it come mine came on a little magnetic board, right? So I would just pop it off and I put it at the top. And I'm saying, all right, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do, you know, take them out or broken ranks, right? And I'm going to take that. And then when I got it, I would take it from the top and put it down there. And it made it super easy for me to keep track. Um, uh, I showed it to like all of my opponents. I showed it to everybody that I played with, and they're like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen." Um, so I highly recommend their stuff. Like, it's super cool. Um, but like, so my little dice box tray is a Mega Gargant one. It's got the it's got the stomp on it. Um, I really like it because you know the army itself. Uh, I get two actual table games and tokens to get me Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those ones are horrible. I do I do not like those. Um. Uh, I so I came from Privateer Press Games, so War, War Machine and Hordes, where you needed a bajillion tokens. So I have lots of little tokens that you can write on. Um, but I've been slowly transitioning over to Propated Studio tokens, so I just have them and they're already printed out, um, which helps a lot. easier oh yeah 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 um the big mistake i see people make with um ah man 
I was so good tonight about yeah, like saying, about taking the meat off. You know, I know the twenty seven second delay. It's gonna. Oh, oh. We're good, everybody. No, um, I could hear you. So yeah, I know you could. Like... Uh, one of one of the big uh, one of the big things about like gamer aids is uh, you also you want them to work for you. Uh, and one of the the big things, especially with tokens or like spell cards or whatever it is, take only the ones your army is specifically need, needs that weekend. If, if uh, one of the big mistakes I see people make is like they take like they buy the whole army set of like tokens or whatever it is and they bring them all and you're like you know you don't actually cast you know that spell or that spell so why is it in your token box you know just have the ones that you use you know organize them to where you can like instead of grabbing like a, a fistful of all the tokens you're like oh yeah this is where like my my mystic shield token is and like and you just you can grab it and get it right like so so Gamer aids should work for you, okay? They're to assist you. Make sure that they assist you. Don't have the extra shit get in your way, okay? So that's that's one of my big things. And uh, like what you were illustrating with like the magnet, that was making sure that it was like assisting you instead of just having like a pile of magnets. And it's not just about having the cool little trinket; it's about using it correctly and and making sure that you have the the right sort of system for using your trinkets. Um. um. And so you could, so now you can catch my answer. Uh, I have not moved out of flesh eater courts, but I'm definitely getting very comfy in mega gargants, right? Oh, see, like, I cheat when I when I walk away. I, I listen to my yeah, own stream yeah. on, on my phone. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm actually just psychic. I know what, like, I'm like tapped in. I know. Yeah. My one of my phylacteries is my computer. Um, <laughs> in hell. Riff's reference. We got one tonight, everybody. If you're playing the rank gas drinking game, which totally doesn't exist and you should never do it, uh, Riff's references totally on the uh, drinking game. Man, uh, if you're if you are playing that, you should go back and watch the veteran episode for Rantathon, and then I pity you, dude. Dave uh, blew my mind. Dave Nordstrom, he was a uh, pilot, uh, one of the pilots for the uh, uh, what's it called, uh, the Ringer. Mm -hmm. Um, and Brass Stampede plus Archeon, what a 3,000 point army, man. That's, that's so fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil something for next, next year's, uh, BCB after I finish this story. Um, he has just, he's another one of those, like, like, uh, just absolute, like, stunningly great people in the community. If you play against him, you're going to have a great game. Um, he's, he's, he's just cool, but he's, he's a veteran. He was going to be on the veterans block. And the veterans block was like lesser for not having him on there, but like he's told me at the tournament, he's like, he's like next year, uh, I'm gonna make sure to like check when Rantcast is and make sure that I'm like off that weekend rather than like be off and hope, or rather than like get my schedule and hope I'm off. And I'm like, good plan. But the veteran block, I really, I really liked. Um, a dirty leftist who also is like, like super pro veteran. What the fuck is this? Um, I know. I blow people's minds oh. every time. So, so the ringer at Bruce City Brawl, uh, which was hilarious because there was no Skaven, there was no Lumineth, and there was no Archeons in all of these lists. Um, 3,000 point games and no Archeons. So we brought this up on Friday and Brendan and David uh, crafted a few extra lists. So they made one with Archeon. And when you got the ringer, you got to choose what you wanted to play. Okay. So be like, do you want to play Stormcast? Do you want to play Archeon? Do you want to play this? And everyone picked Archeon. Everyone. I, <laughs> think, like... I think that says something about 
about the mentality people were bringing to Bruce City Brawl. I so Brendan, if you ask Brendan who runs Bruce City Brawl and most most Bruce City Brawl like attendees, they will probably tell you like Nashcon is their favorite event. And they're not wrong, it's their subjective opinion. Like Bruce, Nashcon is is excellent. David Griffin runs a a excellent tournament. The toolist format is where it's at. Hopefully, they're bringing back uh, uh, schemes uh, next year. I know that they were too close to 3.0, and uh, having like random schemes might might have been like too difficult to pull off in the time frame. So maybe schemes come back. Um, like excellent event. It's it's Nash. It's it's freaking Nashville. It's freaking Smashville. So you're gonna like have some decent food. Like good venue. Excellent. I. Some of my fondest memories so far from, like, all my tournament experience come from, like, staying up and just shooting the shit with the basement of death all night, meeting Tyler Emerson, you know, uh, like, uh, not really interacting with Vince, oddly enough. Like, oh, well. Uh, I think it, we I went out to, like, I, oh, no, no, Vince told me. He looked over across the table and he said, Mephisto, and I love you. But you are the loudest human I have ever met. And it like it hurt me because it felt like dad yelled at me. But later on he explained he meant it affectionately. He's like, your default setting is is a tone that is meant to talk to a whole room. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm in broadcast, what can I say? No, um, yeah. Uh, so the point is like NashCon, one of our great events... Maybe it's my homerism talking. Brucity Brawl is my favorite. Um, it's no, it's it's certainly because I'm a homer. I love the city of Milwaukee. Um, it, it's where I like found my heart. Um, you know, as a, as a person who just like grew up kind of like everywhere as a pseudo orphan and bounced around and yada yada yada. It wasn't until like I was in Milwaukee that I like I felt home. And every time I go back to that city, I just, like, I breathe easier. Um, and uh, every time I've been in the room at Bruce City Brawl, it's like, it can be, like, total strangers. But it's like, this is the type of gaming I love. You know, like, where it's just, like, it, it's just that combination of chill atmosphere and, like, fucking gamers gaming, you know? Like, it's, there's nothing quite like it. Um, it reminds me of when I was in college and I used to help run uh, the little animu convention at UW-Eau Claire, uh, no brand con. Um, and just like, there's that moment where, where there aren't really any con attendees and it's just everyone who's running it and you're all like hanging out and just like having a good time. That's how Bru Bruce City Brawl gives me that like same feeling. And uh, and uh, so I've got a question about like for you regarding, we can, we can start closing out here shortly. Um I've got a couple questions left, but the first one is like some inside baseball. So you know that like choosing your own like ringer list. Uh, Brendan will talk about this on Cubic Shenanigans, but he's going to do his Cubic Shenanigans episode and talk about it before he listens to my episode. So it's not like I'm spoiling it for him uh, or he'll find out retroactively. It's fine. Um, they were talking about like how to handle the ringer. And one thing they ended up like sort of, talking about was like doing a grand alliance list like so there's like a one for each grand alliance but then there's a secret card and the secret card 
you don't know what it is, but Brendan will play it, and it's something he thinks could win the tournament. So you'd have five selections, and he would step in as ringer. And uh, they were just, like, kind of bullshitting it and thinking about it, and I'm like, no, you do that. So you'd pick Order, Destruction, Death, or whatever, or Secret. And I'm like, I'm like, you, dude, you gotta do that, and you have to have a trophy next year called the Master of Secrets. So, like, the only way you can win is if you beat the secret list and then, like, the person with the best record who beat the secrets list, right? So I, I heard the beginning of this coming out at Brew City, like this year, or this past year. Um, because when they were talking about this, they were like, you know what we should do is we should have a list for each one of, like, the ringer shouldn't just be David. It should be any of us. Yes. Right? He's like, so you could get any of the judges, and it would be based on, like, factions. And they were like, oh, that's a cool idea. Um, but they were like, yeah, but we can't do that this year. But, like, that would be a cool idea. So I love the fact that he's going with this and bringing it out. I, I don't know if he's going with it because he was telling me probably the same story y'all y'all heard. And I'm just going to, like, use my possible alleged IRL lich powers to try to, like, goad him and push him into doing that. So, like, you know, you, if you're getting, like, a, the chaos list, it's, you know, it, it might be Dave running and, like, might be Corn or what? who knows what the chaos is going to look like in a year, right? Um, hopefully it's back to my birthday month in April next year, because that's just like a sweet time for a tournament. Um, who knows, though? Who knows? He said he, he, said he was going to keep it, because uh, someone just... Uh, Jeff, actually, Cobra Kai, asked if he was going to move it back, and he said he was going to keep it in September because it uh, had less things fall around it. Like, April, he said, was too meh. Well, the GHB is... Uh, it's on the tail end of, a, of an addition... Or of a, a year, and the GHB is about to come out, and there's a bunch of like rules and tumult from like a uh, underwhelming winter FAQ. Like, <laughs> like every year, it's just. Um, I liked it because it felt like the Pro Bowl, like where you have like the the Super Bowl, uh, which is Adepticon, and then like you have like kind of like the Pro Bowl, where it's like, like yeah, we know the Super Bowl already happened, and I know technically the Pro Bowl comes before the Super Bowl, but everyone's like focused on the Super Bowl, and then like yeah, the the Pro Bowl is just an opportunity to like fuck around and have fun, with like literally like the elite. Uh, so yeah, that that's I hope he does it. I'm going to push him to do it, uh, and I'm going to make him make the trophy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the question is, 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 did you actually get to see, see, we talked about like Milwaukee, old city versus new city, yada, yada. Did you actually get, get an opportunity to, no, not really, no. I only went to fast food that was around me, right? Because like no one wanted to like go anywhere. Yeah. Right? Well, like, it didn't, and because, and because of being a pandemic, like nobody even really wanted to go out to eat. Yeah. Really? Like the furthest we went is uh, me and Christian and I think his name is James. We went out for lunch on day one, and we went to some Aero place, which was like a couple streets down. Like that was it. Like nobody went anywhere. Nobody. Everybody just kind of hung out in the hotel, which was fine. Like I'm like, all right, cool. I can drink in this hotel just as much as I could drink anywhere else. Um, but yeah, no, I really didn't get to see much of the city. And then, like, I took. And you're not so... even really in the city because you're by the airport, which is airports are made specifically yeah. to be kind of remote and removed, right? Except for LaGuardia. So, so I took I took Thursday and Friday off because Thursday was my birthday and Friday because I was traveling, but it didn't take Monday off. So like I didn't have the time on Sunday to like hang out. So as soon as like the charity raffle was done on Sunday, I was like, 
I got to drive six hours. Bye. Did you win anything in the charity raffle? I did. I won a KO model. Uh, the, 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 whatchamacallit? The Bugman or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The Bugman. I really wanted the Maw Crusher. I got Ty to go back. I know Ty will go back and listen to this. I I, mean, I had Ty go back to his house and put the Maw Crusher in. Because I was like, uh, yes, I will paint a Cabbage Dragon. A hundred percent. What do you mean he, he put the Maw Crusher? Oh, like he was going to put a Maw Crusher and he forgot it? Yeah, like he was like, oh, well, you know, I could. And I was like, if you put a Maw Crusher in, I'll buy five more tickets. So technically you have a Maw Crusher. No, I mean, I didn't win it. Oh, okay. okay. I'm saying like. Like I didn't win that, like, because the way it works, guys. Uh, so there was a so the, one of the better things about uh, Bruce City Brawl is right. It's a charity event for uh, suicide prevention. So okay, you're from F- Florida. Uh, all of our events here in the Midwest have a charity raffle. But yeah, continue what you were saying. This is for uh, mental health. Uh, 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 Milwaukee uh, su- prevent suicide. Yeah, go on. So like the way they worked is there was all these prizes donated, and then you bought raffle tickets, and at the end they called out raffle tickets. And the grand prize won a whole table worth of terrain. And by a table, I mean like a two tables worth of terrain. Because at the event, we had it for two tables. Um, so it was a metric ton of terrain. And uh, all the other ones, your ticket called and you got to come up and pick something. So the earlier your ticket called, the better off you could go get stuff. Um, my ticket was like third to the last one. Um, so like I had like this or some 40k. Oh, boo. Who is this person we're going to... Where's my ban hammer? Oh, you beat me to it. Gunslinger. Um, yeah, uh, um, the charity raffle is like, Midwest is... So we're called the Midwest Fortress. Um, it, it's a, like, it's a, it's a thing. Um, uh, because, like, we don't use ITC rankings and, like, uh, every one of our packs is different from the other pack. Like, it's... It's um, it's the sort of thing where I don't know if I'm indoctrinated or if I really did genuinely quit caring. Because when I came in, I was like, I want, I I was one of those people who won. Like, my Magic the Gathering player was was a lot. My inner MTG player was a lot stronger than my AOS player when I first started in AOS back in like two K two K seventeen, right? Um, but like, I actually think there's a there's like uh. Something that the Midwest does with like the the charity raffles, the bar, the it, like recognizing it's a social game and keeping it a social game, but then also like the community building and community outreach. It's literally all the things I love the most about AOS. You know, you're talking about like community, direct action, like grassroots, uh, socializing. Like it's the the dad game, right? But um, like I just. I don't know. There's, there's just something about it. Like it, it makes it an event worth going to when you, you know, and Brendan ended up raising over $2,000 for, was it, was it prevent suicide? Yeah. Suicide prevention. I believe I thought it was yeah. Milwaukee yeah. suicide. Prevention. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee suicide prevention or prevent suicide, Milwaukee, something along those lines, I think. Yeah. So let it be known that Brendan has raised over $20,000 for mental health. Because Rantathon doesn't help without, or doesn't happen without his help. The two years it's run, the grand prize both years in my event has been uh, his his the cubic shenanigans donation of an entire fucking army. Okay, yeah. like um, this last year he helped organize like 
the rantathon to take like everyone who's followed the show for a while or talks to me personally knows how like unreasonable this summer has been for me in terms of my workload and my work-life balance and so he helped like share the load lord of the ring right like he 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 helped unburden me with with some of the logistics and stuff and you did a huge part of it with the prize pack too like i mean half those prizes or more is from you just like basically like getting people to shill to to the cause (laughs) like Brendan was the one I was in contact with, right? Like, so Brendan was the guy who was like, hey, guys, I need an update on, you know, how are guests coming? How are, you know, he like he broke out everything. And Brendan was like our manager. for this. like each one of our had our own swim lane that we were working in and trying to operate and get these things done. And Brendan was the one we were reporting everything back to. And then Brandon would talk to you. Like, yeah. Yeah. He got a little cross with some folks that didn't do the thing. And then I like like a week before I still had to like do do a few things. But um but I don't want to like harsh on people. It's a it's a charity thing. Like, how do you criticize people for like, you know, their whatever? Um, no. So so like, but the point is, is like, Randathon doesn't exist the way it does without Brendan's help, uh, without your help, uh, without obviously Chat Gang, and without the people who helped along the way. But I really want to like highlight the fact that Brendan has raised over twenty thousand fucking dollars for mental health, and I'm the guy who gets like kind of the accolades. Um, he's the Lord of Death. He's he would say he's the reason that the whole like TGA forum about why are death players the the worst sports the whole started to begin with because of his Adepticon win with uh at the time I think it was Grand Alliance death like he's the guy those hit pieces were on like nice. <laughs> without without like knowing his name but he's he's a, a really great dude and he, he, he does a lot and he doesn't like, he doesn't toot his own ter- horn in terms of like the, the community side of it. Cause you like, yeah, he, he'll tell you he's a fucking great player and you know, like talk some shit and, and the gamesmanship is just part of it. Uh, but he's just a good dude and he, he does some good works. Um, so respect to him and, uh, you know, $2,000 at his event, you add that total to, I think he raised 2000, uh, the year, the last year it ran plus rentathons got 10 K and seven K respectively over $20,000. Yeah. So, you know, shout outs like, um, and if you're in the Midwest and you, you, you end up around here, uh, these parts, or if you want to be like, hold up, like I know some folk, we can, we can make it like cheap living, living arrangements. I mean, you want to be at the hotel. Let's be honest. That's where all the fun is. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Put Bruce City Brawl on your map. Um, no, 100%. Like, everyone should come to this event. Uh, I know I talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but I cannot stress this enough. This is the nicest group of people. I had people that I hardly met, like, inviting me out to other events. They're like, all right, so have you heard of Dragon Con? Are you going to do this? What about the Holy Wars? Are you doing that? Like, how far away is this from you? How far away is that from you? What about this? Are you going to come to this event? Are you going to come to that event? And I was like, oh. But uh, anyways, like, the group is amazing. You should come out. It was so much fun. Like, uh, like the prizes were phenomenal. The group of people were phenomenal. Like, everybody was so exciting. It, it, it was just a blast. And I would highly recommend it to anybody who has time in September. I, ho- I honestly hope he keeps it the same weekend so it's my birthday weekend again. But that's just me being selfish. I'll talk to him. I got, I've got some... I know him. We go way back. Um... <laughs> uh yeah no i i um no 
it's a good endorsement. I uh, I don't know anything else to add to it. Um, my last question was uh, was uh, it's also you didn't mention this is the first time you met me in person. That is true. It is the first time that I met Meph in person. Um, and and, uh, and both my kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, did I hold up to your expectations? Did, or was you it like you never meet your heroes and like? I'm not so, a hero. I'm fucking nobody's hero. That should that's disgusting. So so Mef came in and Mef was at volume negative two when he first came in the room. Like you'd have thought that he was a ninja. He was literally like walking around like inspecting tables. Like he would walk. Yeah. And look and be like, okay. Okay. Well, and yeah. like I wait I waved to him, I'm like, hey, and he's like like, oh shit, my cover was blown. Like um but then after that like he's everything you would expect him to be right like he is the exact same person you no, see. no stop like, stop endorsing I, I asked your opinion not for like an endorsement or a hype that is my opinion no. right like we had we had a great time um i although i did uh make him my drink caddy for a hot minute when i was playing that other gargant character uh, you didn't make or, me i asked yeah I, you were paying for my drinks. Of course, I'm going to bring you one. I was like, he was. I was like, hey, do you want a drink? He's like, yes. I was like, can you get me one? <laughs> That's not how that went. I said, would you like a drink? Uh, and what's your room number? Because I forgot it. If I had remembered your your room number, I wouldn't have asked. I would have just got another drink, um, and you would have had ended up with another gin and tonic. Uh, but I would have got it wrong because you had a specific gin you wanted. <laughs> Yeah, would, Joel, Joel is, would, is a great time. I highly you, recommend. Joel, that. would you sully yourself with a three K of uh, a point event? Competitive players don't care about any format other than two thousand. So, so that's a that's a very interesting like point, right? At, after playing three K, I would love to play more three K events because at two K, you know, you are definitely like cutting things from your army, you know, to to make sure you're hitting those point values. At three K, you get pretty much everything you want. Unless you're LRL, but yeah, but like you can say unless you're LRL for everything. So like yeah. we almost don't count them; they're in the bubble permanently. Um, no, I, I, I felt awkward. This is something I, I was I said I was gonna like, like cut you out, I, dude. I play 10k games. 3k is nothing. At <laughs> 3k, I get so much depravity. Oh, think of the depravity. You could never use it all. <laughs> like, you summon a KOS every turn, but that's all you can do with it. Um, I mean, but then again, don't you just want to summon a Keeper of Secrets every turn? Um, I do. No, so, I, one thing, I this is a, one of those, like, life lesson tangent type things. I didn't expect me to be awkward around humans. I'm not... I'm an introvert. It's well documented. I, I lose my energy around folks and so on and so forth. Uh, I had this moment where like of ultimate self-consciousness uh, there. Cause like my son's, my son was with me and uh, he has, he has asthma uh, and uh, an allergy to cats. And so he's got like a cough, just kind of like ambiently. Uh, it was soccer day. So whatever. And he played, like, super hard, and he never asked for a substitution, even though he was, like, fucking out there grinding. And uh, so he had, like, his just, like, asthma cough and, you know, just it's kind of what you do when you, he's he was that active that day. And, um, and so, like, he's wearing his mask, and I'm like, okay, Colin, I don't want anyone to think we got COVID and stuff. And so there's, like, this weird COVID pressure. Um, 
And then it was just like also, I didn't think I w- had forgotten how to interact with people, but I feel like I did a little bit. Does does anyone else feel that way, chat gang? If you're if you're watching this in the YouTube, you've stuck this out this long. You are the true chat gang. Like this is like we like, uh, you know, you're the you're the chat gang within chat gang. The show within the show within the show. If you've made it this far for the comment section of a YouTube video, have you? kind of gone back to, like, social events and, like, felt a little bit of, like, just oddity in them? Like, is it just me? Am I being hypercritical? I don't know. It was... You talked about, like, the stealth ninja meth. That is very much how I am at events initially. I, I like to get the lay of the land. I'm a cerebral individual. I am introverted, as mentioned, even though I'm really loud. Um, I have to, like, take things in. I gotta internalize them. I, I gotta do the thing. And I'm an appreciator of the game. I look at game states. I finally hit that level where I can look at the game state and know what's going on and who's winning without looking at the score. You know, like I can do that. Like it's 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 fun to just like look and put the puzzle. I love puzzles. I am Dr. House MD. I love puzzles, okay? Like uh we've all known that about me forever. That's like my main thing. Um and and so like I did that a little bit in showing Colin the armies and getting him acclimated to a new situation and then from there but then it was like when I started to talk to people, like I had that moment where like I, I like, like I walked up to Haywo and he looked over at me and went like, "Hey," and I was just like, "Sup?" And then I like because the override in the situation is to not interrupt people's games. I didn't like talk to him more. I was you know like he's locked in the game. I don't want to fucking be the reason why anyone throws the game. Like I was so like self critical. And then when like my second child showed up, like Lily, I started to get like fr- flustered. I'm like, "Oh no," because Lily is a lot. She's. We think she has she, some. She was a blast. You were being hypercritical. She was amazing, and everybody loved her, right? Because let's be honest, we've talked about this before. This is a dad game. If you are not a dad and you're playing this game, then you're dad adjacent, right? Your friends are dads, like so. You're probably used to kids, right? Uh, the fact that Lily went and in, got into Mark's was it Mark, right? Mark's game, and yeah, Mark versus uh, Joe. Uh, 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 I call him Room Cody because. Uh, other reasons but yeah joe uh joe s or, or room cody yeah um yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was amazing right like the fact that joe had colin rolling and mark had Lily rolling like mark was... enabled that but mark is everybody's like i introduced mark uh uh basically as like hey th- this is mark this is this is this is warhammer the warhammer dad yeah like like he is hashtag fathership goals for me one day I will be I will be Mark. That's my goal. Is like I've just got like my like my crew of my family and like Colin is the new boy wonder and Lily's the new like girl wonder. If you know and and like we just like travel around and just be our be ambassadors and play great games and um and and like Lily was just like she was being so so, so my kids went to the John Michael Kohler Art Center for preschool which is a literal art museum. Uh, and uh, they have, like, art museum rules. And so, like, you like we're in a no-touching room. And so if you saw Lily, when she was walking around, she put her hands behind her back like this so that she wouldn't get excited and touch stuff. Because, like, I'm like, okay, so this is a no-touching room. So, you know, like, remember, like, like an art museum. And so she did the thing from John Michael Kohler Art Center. And she, like, put her hands behind her back. 
And um, and she walked around and she's like, but she got really close because she doesn't care about personal space whatsoever. <laughs> like she's in there and she walked up to the Mark's table and he's like, you want to roll some dice? And like then it was fucking over. That whole round was just like, was just just Mark and Joe just like rolling dice. And I'm uh, rather having our my kids roll dice on like opposite sides of the table. It was amazing. But now Lily's a corn player and I don't know how I feel about that. He's still young. You can you can push her in. I, yeah. Well, Colin's a dinosaur player. He's like, don't worry, Dad. I still like, I still like the undead stuff too. And I'm like, son, don't try to live up to my expectations for you. Live up to your expectations for you, and you know yeah. you are. Like, don't don't try to appease. Like, don't try to please me, kid. Um, yeah. Ken Ro- those are pretty cool too, right? Um, but yeah. So. Uh, I think you were a little little hypercritical, um, but yeah, I think overall it was good. It was good. See, see, Joel McGrath knows what is best in life. Ideal format for a tournament would be five k, five days, one game per day. <laughs> like I, I don't. I know personally, I don't. Uh, I'm an extrovert, right? Like if you couldn't tell from from meeting me, right? Like I, I was having a ball. Forty some odd people that I could talk to. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it was cool, and uh, I didn't get to enough time to talk to everyone, and then, like, Lulu showed up. We we had a personal miscommunication. I wasn't supposed to stay as long as we did, um, but then once we stayed, like, it was like, well, now I got to introduce her, and it was, like, so that was, like, interesting, um, and uh, she helped me run our, uh, the tournament that Haywo and I don't talk about, because we ran a little tournament once. And uh, mm-hmm. I have those incriminating uh, photos uh, still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we ran a, we we ran a tournament once. Uh, Christian Ware fucking showed up, and uh, and Dave and and Mark and Boy Wonder, um, and uh, I, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But oh it yeah, was, it was Mo- Molly, Molly. Molly helped out, and she didn't really like talk to people because she was helping. And uh, this time she, like, actually, like, talked and, like, a little bit more immersed herself in, like, Warhammer. So maybe I finally got the hooks in her. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe Molly and I are just going to go back to planning our Disney trip. What? You, <laughs> you were there for that. You, you conspiring? No. Yeah, the Disney trip. No, it's, it's, uh, we've leveled it up. It's, it's. It's going to be Australia it, now? It's Australia now. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, man. Um. Final thoughts on Gargans, Bruce City Brawl, anything you didn't get to, anything that the tangents that came up that we dropped, anything along those lines? Uh Gargans are great. Uh I hope people I hope I hope some of the negativity shifts, right? Uh, I know a lot of people out there uh that don't really like Gargans as they don't they feel bad like facing up against them. Um we touched a little bit about it before, but like I just want to remind people a five aboard save is not a third of the wounds it's half the wounds right so if you aim to shoot to do 70 wounds to a gargant with a five up board save then you're probably going to pick them off um if you're really looking for ways to take them out any sort of debuffs you can really really hurt the army um like if you can lock one down um chaff screens really hurt the army right so if you do the four inch thing speed bumps like that really hurts the army um yeah uh, and it's just it's just basing them out right we all have real big fat butts like our bases are big like we can you know it can only fit in certain spots right so Take up space, right? Um, Bruce Lee Brawl was amazing. Um, I highly recommend for anybody to go out. Like, it was the best time I've ever had playing this game. Like, super fun. Damn, that's a, that's a that's a great endorsement. Um, 
And then, you know, final soapbox. It can be unrelated to the things we brought up. Anything that's just been on your mind. The final soapbox. It's the final, final soapbox. soapbox. Final it's, soapbox. Uh, this, is your, this is your moment to shine. I don't have anything crazy. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be like a hot take or inflammatory. It can yeah. just be like, yo, I love Disneyland. It doesn't... Uh, my wife, my wife's a high-ranking member of the cult of the Great Horn Rat, so I've spent many, many, many days, hours at Disney. Uh, it is not my favorite, though. Like, it's not the best theme park. See, um, but see, see, I gave people a pass on the J.K. Rowling thing earlier. Give less money to the Dread Mouse. That is a hill I'll die on. I will. I am making moral judgments about your character if you keep giving money to Disney, uh, because J.K. Rowling might be a, like a shit heel person, or or may not be. I don't know. Like, she just has, like, one bad opinion about a bunch of stuff. I, I don't... Yeah. Right, whatever. But the Dreadmouse has tried... Has done more to ruin, like, IP and copyright law than any other entity on the planet. Very and true. and that is bad. Um, so, like, I judge all of you who like Disney right now and any of their subsidiaries. That's basically everything, by the way, because they have a fucking lateral monopoly. Disney's evil. Um... <laughs> I mean, I agree. Hades, Death God. I also like the show on Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I do. I do enjoy Disney Plus. Yeah, um, I know. Well, but my judgment might be skewed, right? I do work for an evil empire, so. Yeah, you all. We all kind of will eventually, though. It's. I don't want to leave on a downer, though. I don't want to leave on a downer. So, um. So, uh, remember, guys. Uh, if you if you have if you were not here last year, um. The the magical Mr. Mephisto will be doing something phantasmally amazing here in October because he does it every October. Don't don't build uh, it up. Oh no, I have to. I have to. Like they're gonna have right. expectations that like I have a list of thirty movies that they can watch throughout all of October, and some of them on Friday or Saturday with chat gang in Discord. Like they're gonna think that that is something that they can do, and then they can tune in five to seven days a week depending on the week to me playing like horror games and and or doing rant casts for the whole month of October the whole month don't don't put their hopes up don't put that on me <laughs> uh yeah I'm glad you caught it caught it live too Steve um you know what checking you know this part you're the show within the show the reason I do this thing um make your way towards a, a Midwest event sometimes. Adepticon doesn't count, even though Brendan's also running that. But Adepticon doesn't count. Make make your way to, like, our Midwest Meltdowns or our, 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 our Bruce City Brawl. Just, you know, make your way to that. But then also, drink your milk, pay your taxes, and I'll see you Thursday at the regular time. You get a double dose of AOS Rantcast this week. See you, everybody. G-Dad, thanks for hanging out with me, man. Anytime. Good night, everybody.